your sanity safe space. The call-in show where you decide the topic. From love chat for Matt to the hate in your heart. I can't believe it. There are no limits. You can be nice. I love legends. You can be mean. I don't give a fuck. Or you can blow it all up. I'm Wednesday at 9. It gets crazy when you get their number and you can call them maybe. And now, here they are, Matt Christensen and Blonde. Hello and welcome to the show. It is the call-in show, the show where you get our number and we are at your mercy. Hello, Blonde. Hello. I feel like I've officially entered fatherhood, although not formally quite yet. Um, but the reason I say that is because yesterday I experienced the true dad experience of just throwing out my back, doing something dumb and like not being <laughs> able to move and walking around like I'm 80 years old. So, you know, why, going around town, running errands, needing a walker like I, I'm I've officially entered my advanced years and. I'm trying to find dignity in that, you know, it's like uh, now I feel like I can point my finger at all those young kids and say, you guys just don't understand Get and off my lawn, man. you know, when you get like just one, that one back muscle, a lower back, just right. <laughs> and it just disables almost everything. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, not a good feeling. Like getting in a car is difficult. I, I feel, <laughs> I feel like Honorary a ridiculous fatherhood. Yeah. Go. Yeah. I feel like a ridiculous person, but hopefully this will heal up before the time comes. So I can um, greet my son with some sort of uh physical capacity to hold him. I'm not sure that I'll, <laughs> I'd be able to do that right now. <laughs> So I'll try to get through. I, I don't have any lumbar support in this chair. We'll see if I make it through oh. the stream. But what did you just say? I know. <laughs> I know. No, no, these loafers will not do. They don't support my back properly. Just practicing, you know, getting, <laughs> practicing for this stage of my life. Uh, anyway, welcome to the show. Most of you guys know how the call-in show works. If you're new to the show, there is a, a, a list of uh, instructions for how to participate in both the YouTube and the Rumble description boxes uh we will take as many callers as we can through our uh through our lovely call screener dangerous spaces and we'll hear from him at the end of the show tonight too we'll stop for super chat breaks every half hour and of course we will check in with your email questions at the end of the show as well if you'd like to participate in the show but you can't do it live you're having trouble getting in live go ahead and send us an email and uh, we will respond to it each and every week, through, uh, the, or a call-in show question, I should say. Because the one and only place to do that is not through direct email. you got to go through the contact page of the website. That's sure. mattchristensenmedia.com slash contact. And there's a call-in show question form for you there. All right. Anything else before we hop into it? No, let's do it. All right. First up is one of those usernames I cannot pronounce. So we're going with Alik... Aliqui, Aliquis. Uh, I I actually don't know the pronunciation. Ah, <laughs> oh, you suck. If you don't even know, I can't help you. All right, what's on your mind? Uh, well, just the first off, uh, you said you uh, enjoyed some of C.S. Lewis's work, right? Um, I did. I only listened to, well, read, listened to, uh, Mere Christianity last summer at the recommendation of many in the audience. Um, I found a lot of value in that book, though not it didn't address the question that I was going into it looking for an answer to. But it was still uh, it was still very valuable to me. Well, 
one of the ones I've heard recommended a lot, I haven't read personally, is The Abolition of Man. Um, but the one the one I think that is a good recommend, recommendation I have read is The Screwtape Letters. Okay. Are those uh, uh, which, are these fiction works or are these like his philosophy uh, stuff? Uh, the Abolition of Man isn't... The Screwtape Letters nominally is. Um, okay. It's like basically... It, but it's more of like a set piece where he's like... Uh, he wrote it during World War II, like the very beginning, like in a magazine where it was like released weekly. And it mm-hmm. was released in like the uh, mindset of an elder kind of demon is mentoring a younger demon in how to ensnare a man's soul. And they talk about the the, the specific patient that they want to try and go after to like tempt him into evil. And it's okay. the letters that this senior demon is sending to the younger demon on the on how to do this. Okay. And, and that's just like the set piece. But it's really just C.S. Lewis going into just like, how does somebody fall into evil? You know, what is evil kind of thing? Mm, okay. Which well, you said you were trying to figure out what is good. And I think, yeah, sometimes it's good to go in the what is what is not good. What is okay. Because. Yeah, we were having this discussion, uh, what, a week or two back, and I was wondering what the difference between good and moral or evil and immoral is, or are those interchangeable? So what's um, what would you say is the proper definition of evil then? Um, or what does C.S. Lewis say, if you want to default, uh, default to him? He kind of um, defines it as... It has been a, a few years, but I would say um, since God is kind of like the ultimate definer of who is uh, what is good and e- what is good and evil, it's anything that is not of God or not okay. for God is evil. Hmm. That's how a very we, strict definition. Do we just define what is for God according to the scripture or how is that defined? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. And that, right. that is a very strict definition. Um, yeah, there, there's a, I like, I like framework, you know, I like rules. I like structure even, uh, I don't know if, um, I don't know why I have to hear his explanation. Cause I don't know if I follow how he, how he gets there, but if there's a set of rules, I can appreciate that. How the rules came to be is the question that, that I'm really interested in. And that's kind of what I went to CS Lewis looking to find answers to, but I didn't necessarily find the direct connection to to Jesus Christ that that people had um, referred me to him to find that answer to. But I did find a lot of value in what he had to said, uh, what he had to say, particularly about morality to self and about the relationship between men and women. So much so that we used a C.S. Lewis quote uh, in the closure of our wedding ceremony, actually. So it really did. It did matter a lot to me. I I found a lot of uh, wisdom and meaning in a lot of the stuff he was saying, especially about just what the proper role of husband and wife really is. Okay. Uh, well, just the one other thing I wanted to ask real quick mm. um, for the movie review uh, things that people can suggest. Uh, what is your policy on foreign language films? Ooh, I guess I hadn't yeah, fine. It, uh, I really hate subtitles, it, but if I'm, if I oh must, my if I must, I'll do it. Are we well, never I mean, going to watch a Tokyo if it's story? Not something really obscure. I mean, if it's something fairly, available yeah yeah i i will do it um although i struggle with subtitles but i will i will do it it's fair (laughs) 
I'm uh, saying uh, I will. Don't shake your head at me. They can't hear you <laughs> shake your head at me anyway. That's true. I, I'm not refusing. I'm That's saying good. sure. That's good. All right. Okay. Well, thanks for the thoughts. All I want to know. Give you thanks. points for trying, like seeing a fat person at the gym. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I suppose we can go with that. All right. Sorry. I had to deal with some Discord stuff there. Okay. I think I got it. Got it going. Uh, Visconti's up next. Visconti, you there? Oh, hello. Hi. What's on your mind? Uh, let's go ahead and talk about morality. Your favorite subject. Okay. Ah! Well, morality first, circumcision second, and then we'll be out of here roughly 90 minutes from now. Yeah. Okay. All right. right, So I think it's fair to stat that we've established morality is their morality that is um it either is or it isn't it's moral or immoral correct ooh um well i don't know that i would agree to that premise like for for example are you talking about a specific action or say a person well i was originally going to call it about a person oh okay well, I don't I think we all have we all commit or do both things. Right? I, I think who escapes this earth without committing any sort of act of immorality? Yeah, that's what I was thinking about. It's like what in the end, what make in the end are we looked at are, are you're immoral or you're moral? Or is there a graying of the two? It's like, well, for people, I certainly what, think there's a mix. If you, Yeah. Is a person all good or or all bad or all moral or all immoral? Um, I, I don't know of any person who's all of those things except for the concept who who's strictly one of those things. I should say, except for the concept of a perfect God, that would be what he is. I assume. Okay, so if that's the case, that we're a bit of mix. It's possible for a moral person to do something immoral and still remain a moral person. Yeah, of course. Well, but there's got to be a threshold, right? Like, how many immoral acts do you get to commit? Is there a is there a checkbox or series? No, it's of about check repentance, boxes? genuine repentance, in Christian philosophy, at least. Hmm. There are some things that are unforgivable within Christianity. But what if you steal like a thousand Snickers bars? Yeah, like one a day for a couple genuinely, of years. Genuinely repent. But I don't. I mean, you're not immoral. That seems no, pretty immoral. We're all immoral. We're but all fallen. But there's got to be degrees, right? Yeah, of course. There are degrees okay. of morality. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll let you keep going toward your toward your point here, Visconti. Oh, just no real point is just if if there are clear things that are moral and immoral, then is there anything that says this person is clearly moral or clearly immoral? It's like, sure, they do immoral things and of some a lot of times for bad reasons. But is it if you live in a moral lifestyle, you're immoral or you live a moral lifestyle, then you're moral. It's like, uh, yeah, if you stay but, in a but, in a state of grace with God. Hmm. I don't know. Then Isn't there, the, but you, but you were saying there are things that are unforgivable. So if you're a serial killer who repents, not unforgivable. Okay. So there, the, I guess the question is, what is that threshold? Like what it's is blasphemy against the Holy spirit? 
Um, abortion, real bad. Hmm. I'm talking about within Catholic doctrine, at least. Someone, I'm sure someone has to, <laughs> who has drawn that line? I have no idea where that line gets drawn. What is the volume of immorality that you can commit at which point you become a distinctly immoral person? You know, the church has all of these answers. I, I don't know the answer to that one. That, that's a thinker. Uh, all right. Any any final thoughts for me, Visconti? Um, I like that uh, three triangle bracelet you got. Oh, thank you. It is. Um, it's some people the notice Valknut? it. It's it is the Volnut. You're right. It is yes. a uh, an an old Norse symbol. Um, of kind of unknown, an unknown official meaning, but it is tied to a lot of fallen warriors, fallen Norse warriors, which there's a lot of like Norse mythology, Scandinavian culture, Viking stuff that I find cool. And so uh, he's lying at some weird pedo thing. <laughs> well, and the th- the reason I like this, too, is because uh, the ADL and the SPLC are like kind of halfway on whether it's a hate symbol or not. So. <laughs> yeah. Viking culture oh, yeah. stuff has always been cool in my family and um, and my dad has appreciated it too. So it's something that we kind of share. And uh, I like that. <laughs> I like that. It's kind of bait for the hate symbol people yeah. too, because yeah. they're like, well, you got to evaluate it in context what it means. That's true. Yeah. That's why I got that iron cross uh, tramp stamp. Oh, have you shown it on the uh, on the stream yet? No, you, you can see my butt cracks. So. Oh, well, th- um, th- thanks for the, thanks for noticing. If you get you, the chance. Read the Havamal, the words of Odin. I, I'm not super. I, I'm definitely no expert in in like in North uh, Norse mytho- um, Norse mythology. If I could That's speak correctly, one. or you know, a whole a whole a whole bunch of the uh, deep history of all that. I just you know, I have a casual interest in it, and I think it's cool stuff. So it's a short read, but I think yeah. you'd appreciate it on its. It's um, talking about being as self-practical as you can. Hmm. All right. Well, I will check it out. Thank you for the call. Have a good night. Appreciate it. Let's see. Forking Around is up next. <laughs> All right. I'm in here. Well, what Mr. Up? Forking Around, what's on your mind? Hey. Um, well, uh... So it's weird hearing you guys' voices talking to me. It's just weird. Is this your first call? Uh, second one. I, I ah. called. I my my. I came in one and told about my son not getting, didn't go through with the circumcision for him and stuff. Oh yeah, that's right. You are. I'm right, listening you again. Stroke blonde's <laughs> ego for the next ten minutes. Yeah, but yeah, and bl- blonde actually had a lot of uh, part in that, but. Yeah, I, I didn't really want to talk about that. Um, mm. Actually, I wanted to talk about because I'm uh, I morality live in uh, Oregon. That's uh, have you lived there a while, or, or are you a new resident? Oh, I've lived here in uh, all my life. Yeah. Uh, are you comfortable saying what part? Uh, Portland, uh, not in Portland, just outside of Portland, a smaller town. Yeah, yeah. So now you got to wear the mask outside too. I saw that. Yep, I was just going to tell you that they're having us. She issued a mandate that we're who's going to enforce it. The cops going to stop you. Who's going to enforce it? I have no no property owner. Yeah, it. I think it's just so stupid that. um, I don't. uh, I don't even understand how. I I think there's something she said that 
we're not actually enforcing any of these mask mandates. Inside, but everybody's you, doing them. Yeah, inside, you at least one. have the the property owner. Maybe will do it. Outside, yeah. who are you going to call? The police department, the sheriff's department. Who they're going to enforce mask rules on people? Did she? I think I know the answer to this question without seeing her press conference or any of her materials. But did she offer any sort of evidence that there's transmission of coronavirus outside? That there's any need for outdoor masking? No. No, of course not. not. No, there's uh, the the only evidence like uh, I all I did was read the article. So I didn't see the press conference of what she said. Uh, but in, in the article, all they reference is that cases are raised rising. And that's why. <laughs> OK, this is uh, this is uh, I see the same sort of reasoning happening all around here because there's a lot. There are lots of school districts in the, in our state that are imposing the mask mandates on kids to much controversy. And you have one side of the argument correctly, in my view, at least arguing uh, there is no evidence one that kids are at risk and two that mask uh, masks on kids have any positive effect or reduce um, effect in reducing the transmission of virus. And then the other side of the argument consistently says, thank you to the school board for doing something. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but doing just doing something to what effect to any effect to no effect it just but that just tells you everything you need to know thank you for putting up a display that you care oh <laughs> i'm glad to know that that really makes a difference in uh in how our i suppose how our kids are going to learn algebra or whatever else on the other side of it there's plenty of emerging evidence that uh you know kids need to see faces they need to develop social skills they need to develop communication skills did you know this, this blonde i didn't get a chance to tell you this um i might be incorrect i'm paraphrasing something that i heard you know how the is it the american pediatrics association whatever that yeah. big pediatrician organization came out and said kids need to wear masks mm -hmm. did you know they took down the page on their website that talks about the psychological importance for children of seeing faces and interacting and nonverbal uh communication they took it down and that was a pre-existing supposedly I, this is what oh i heard I haven't, I haven't investigated myself but i'm very Yikes. interested to see if the science took over that page and deleted it yikes hmm. well uh are you gonna are you gonna cave and wear a mask outside or what are you gonna do um well i for wearing a mask outside of course not like i i, I don't in general i generally work outside yeah um uh, Portland, I do work in the Portland area, like constantly, mm -hmm. but usually I'm by myself, um, during that case. So I don't usually have any trouble. It's, uh, at work at work though. Um, of course they're, they're all following the rules and stuff. And so yeah. whenever I go into work that our main building, they have to wear a mask inside and <sighs> all all that stuff. We're but. all in this together. You know, I know yeah. how it is. <laughs> it's, it's infuriating. Well, Godspeed um, in that state, man. Um, before we yeah. let you go, it, uh, when was, when was your, uh, your son born? Uh, April, April. So you've had a, was this your first remind me? Yes, this was our okay. first, uh, first, so uh, kid. <laughs> this was your first and you are a new father of a son in particular. Uh, what is the one thing that surprised you or the piece of advice that you would offer me for what I'm rolling into? Well, um, 
Well, you you kind of asked me this before, but did I? Sorry. Yeah. It, <laughs> well, now, it's a, it's now okay. I'm now my back's against the wall, and I need a reminder. So <laughs> it's it, it's yeah. okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, sorry about any kind of squeaking the chair. No, you're fine. Um, yeah, I I don't know anything that surprised me was I. But like last time I said, I just worry that we're, I worried about, am I going to hate, the, not hate, but is this going to be like a chore or something? Oh like taking yeah. Care of taking care of my son. Yeah. And is it going to just take away time from, you know, like I, I enjoy uh, video games in my free time. Yeah. So is it going to take away from that? And I, what I found is that it's just when you're taking care of your kid, it's, the most satisfying thing ever. Yeah. Hmm. Um, Good. That like, it just, it time passes so fast that you don't even notice that you're the, the thing that you wanted to do is uh, uh, yeah. The thing that you wanted to do just goes away in your mind and you just yeah, focus yeah. on your kid. Like who cares what I was going to do? It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. but it's, it's a wonderful thing. I, I didn't think I would, I always wanted kids, but I, I didn't think I would enjoy it this much. Yeah. It <laughs> well, does to, require a high degree of flexibility. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> to your point, uh, we've had a lot of just preparation we've been trying to do around the house and I don't, I don't have the kid physically obviously, but we're doing a lot of prep work and organizational work and nesting and all that. And over the last few months, I've played almost zero video games because of all the tasks that need to be done there. And I can't say that I've been, um, really missing that old part of my life where, you know, I go play Call of Duty and get yelled at by a 10 year old or something. <laughs> I mean, it's fun. Don't get me wrong. I like that relaxation, but I can feel that sort of uh, purpose and satisfaction that you're talking about already. And I, I don't have the full experience yet. Yeah. Yeah. You, you'll do great. Um, I'll, I'll have to tell you next time about my wife's uh, hospital story. Cause it oh, was, man. It was crazy with all this COVID stuff. Just ridiculous. I, but I bet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I ran out of time. So. Well, thank you for the call and uh, Godspeed and don't get uh, shot by any Antifa snipers. I was reading about that story over the weekend. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm fortunate <laughs> I don't live in that area. <laughs> all right. See you, man. See you. Bye. Damien is up next. Damien, you there? I'm here. Can you guys hear me? Yeah. Yes, sir. Awesome. All right. So I've got seven possible topics for you today. With some one word seven. summaries. Seven. Okay. One, wait, words, wait, wait. one, one word summaries. Oh, okay. Let's see what All grabs right. your fancy. All right. Feds, federalism, hmm. frogs, feedback, punishment, vasectomies, and vaccine mandates. Ooh. Vasectomies. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I, 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 um, Matt, you got it. I'm in a fed state of mind. Um, but <laughs> I will always defer. It's ladies first. Blonde gets the pick where we disagree. I would so. vote for the vasectomies topic as well. So okay, all right, I'll go for that. Break with vasectomies. Uh, it's kind of a, a random question, um, but I, I honestly don't know how it occurred to me. But I was just thinking, what would you guys think if uh, we had like a policy where criminals or you know prisoners could trade some of their prison time for a vasectomy? So, Ooh. like for example, Ooh. you get. You get like sentenced to 10 years of prison, but if you agree to like a vasectomy, then you only have to serve like eight years, something like that. Ugh, I don't like that at all. 
I don't know why. <laughs> let me let me sort this out. Hmm. I mean, from well, a societal level, it would be awesome. Exactly. But it would. It would and awesome. their rights aren't being violated either. It is a consent. It's voluntary. Yeah, it's a voluntary situation. We shouldn't be, as Christians, incentivizing people to procreate less. From a Christian standpoint, this is morally abhorrent. From a practical eugenic standpoint, great idea. Hmm. Yeah, that's, that's why we got to get you to drop the uh, Catholicism and Christianity one of these days, Blonde. That's really, mm. it's really holding you back from you know, her up. embodying yeah. your true Blonde Fuhrer potential. You know, this <laughs> slave morality of Christianity is not Ugh. good. I don't know. I, uh, I feel like my prayers are often answered, which means that I'm probably moving in the right direction spiritually. You know, I'm really lazy and I hate going to church with my kid. And so I've been praying for the motivation to go to church. And on Sunday, I swear to God, I swear to God, I did not set my alarm and my alarm just went off 30 minutes before I was supposed to go to church. Hmm. My kid was being really bad that morning, so I did not go. Oh my! And you ignored that divine sign. I know, I know. I did, I, I did watch the church's live stream mass. Good for you. Wow. Which doesn't count, but it's something. It's yeah. very hard to go to church with a toddler. It's really hard by myself. No doubt. No doubt. Hmm. Um, no, okay, bad. I want to flesh this out just a little bit before we let you go, because sure. I wonder in your thinking on this, what sort of crimes might be eligible? And is it possible that even though those criminals aren't reproducing because of this choice, that that the early release is actually maybe even more detrimental than their reproduction might be? Like if they're out earlier and maybe committing more crimes, is that actually a good trade? Yeah, good good follow-up questions, Matt. Uh, as for like which crimes it would apply to, I hadn't really thought about that, but thinking about it now, I would think every crime um i would i would think that i mean the the thinking behind this of course is that to some extent uh criminal behavior is probably hereditary and i don't mm. so that's kind of like the motivation so i don't really suspect that like there are some crimes that are heritable or you know that have a tendency that, you know we kind of lost, oh, lost him, did him. you yeah we'll see if we can get him back otherwise maybe we'll have to talk about it another time you guys can't hear me? Or- uh, now I, you cut out, but yeah. So you just uh, left off on the concept that crime might have a hereditary component. Yeah, and I, I just think probably all crimes are roughly equally heritable would be my guess. I guess mm-hmm. like if that were proven to be false, like if some crimes are more heritable or you know criminal propensities are more heritable than others, probably those would be better uh, crimes to you know allow for this vasectomy option. Um, it's a good question. I hadn't really thought about it, but yeah, I would, mm. I would tend to think all crimes. And then, uh, your other question was, uh, oh yeah. W- is it like worthwhile a trade off? Yeah. What if they I mean, commit more crimes? Got, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's gotta be, there's a question of where do you draw the line or how much do you trade them? There's gotta be some point where it's net benefit to make the trade. Like if, if they have a 10 year prison sentence and we say, okay, take a vasectomy and we'll let you out. Like two days early, you know, surely, surely that's going to be a net benefit to society. You know, the guy's only getting out two days earlier. So it, it's, it's all a question of where do you draw the line? There's, yeah. There's it's gotta, it's gotta be point. tempting for him too, though. If you want, you know, if you want that deal, it's gotta be right, enough time right. off that he would actually do it. 
Yeah, but the average yeah. like ghetto twenty year old already has five kids. So when his peak career or peak criminal career is going to be age thirty two, so by then he's already done all. Okay, the so we round up the kids do. in exchange for a lower <laughs> prison sentence. Is is that true, Blonde? That I, I don't think these people are popping out five kids before they go to prison for the first time. I think a lot of them enter this the system pretty early, don't they? The like like criminal the black criminals. Dudes? Yeah, I, I think a lot of them get picked up pretty early, then get out, maybe father a kid, go back in. You know, yeah, they're yeah. they're they're getting into the system pretty early. Though I, I think it's the rare criminal black dude that's you know that makes it to age thirty two before he gets imprisoned for the first time. I mean, peak level of criminality, according to Freakonomics, not categorized by race, is age 32. Well, yeah, really. It doesn't matter younger. when your peak level of criminality is. The point is you want to get you them, yeah. this trade the first time they commit a crime. So even if they're like committing the most crimes at age 32 or whatever, as long oh, as they're man. still Wait. starting to commit crimes early on, you can get them. All right. All right. What would my priest want me to say? What about the value of genuine redemption in the eyes of God? What about that? Blonde. Don't talk to me about this Catholicism stuff. Your pleas are <laughs> falling on deaf ears. I don't care what your faith right. God is to say about my great eugenic policy. All right. We Danny. do have to have, we have to avoid eugenics when possible. <laughs> Look no, at that we concession. We, we have we have to. This, I called about eugenics before, and and I I really didn't. I feel like you guys kind of mi- missed my distinction then, and I'm not going to mm. allow you to miss the distinction now. <laughs> there's like a distinction. Be- <laughs> there's a distinction between like forced eugenics and like voluntary, voluntary eugenics. eugenics. I'm well, still yeah, not I mean, clear on that concept. But we'll, we no, have, we'll that's totally about true. Time. Yeah. No, 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 no. Let's give. Let's give, give if we're going to talk about morality for 45 minutes, well, we can talk okay. about eugenics. Right. Okay, two more minutes. <laughs> People make eugenic marital choices when their minds are free from propaganda and the effects of birth control. In general, you're like a hot white chick. You're like, yeah, I want to marry this big Aryan looking dude. That is a voluntary eugenic choice. Right. That's just picking your own partner. Yeah. Yeah. But also like a poor black woman being like, I'm going to abort my child because I can't take care of them. That is also a voluntary eugenic choice. Okay. Yeah. I I see what you're saying. I mean, you did miss something. You did miss something big there, Blonde. You said uh, you talked about propaganda and birth control. Probably something that's equally as significant as those are bigger is the welfare state. Oh, yeah. Th- that's, 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 that's a huge problem. When you have the welfare state to be your baby daddy, yeah. you don't need to choose a good real daddy. That's, yeah. that's perhaps the biggest problem of all. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. All right. Okay. Well, uh, all right. <laughs> spicy and thoughtful as always. Thank you, Damien. My pleasure. Thank you, guys. We have a good night. We'll see you next time. Okay, we are due for a break. Uh, oh, oh, I was going to ask one other thing about the uh, peak criminality. How do they actually measure that? What does that mean? I don't actually know. Like, Let me know peak? in the lifetime. It's been like 15 years since I read, uh, I read Freakonomics. Okay. But if I had to guess, it would be their most, the, the densest area of their life in terms of number of crimes committed. Like they've got oh, like good the frequency at crime. that of the, in that year or something. Yeah. Cause okay. 32, you know, they talk about the 10,000 hours a lot. Uh, by the time you're 32, if you've been committing crimes since you were like 11, you're going to be real good at committing crimes. 
well so practiced, be, I would assume. Yeah. Yeah. So you're going to be better at it. You're going to have graduated from like stealing a pack of gum to jacking cars and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and you're going to be good at it. You're going to mm-hmm. have gotten those 10,000 hours in. So I assume it's like the level of criminality and the frequency of criminality, mm-hmm. but I'm not totally sure. Okay. Um, I should have show. mentioned this at the top of the show. We will address it on Sunday. I don't know what's going on with the Trovo chats. Like right now, it's not. It, apparently, I missed a bunch of chats on Sunday, and I'm sorry about that. I'm working with one of our. Uh, helper moderator uh, friends to figure out a better system. Um, and Trovo, I don't know if it's feeding me the chats that are going on right there to, tonight either. So if you are a Trovo chatter and I'm missing your chats, I'm very sorry, uh, but thank you for supporting the show. And I, I'm, I'm working behind the scenes to try to get this resolved so that we won't miss your chats going forward. Um, so again, my apology on that, but I do see Trovo is blank right now. So I thought it was just blank on Sunday. It was not. And that's why I'm seeing the same thing now. And I don't know if it's blank or if there are actually people chatting. Anyway, um, if you're on Trovo, just sit tight and hopefully we'll have this resolved uh, by Sunday. So thank you for that. Uh, over on DLive, C2K, um, Deus Ex, Machina Prime, Super Dave, Zohar. Thanks for supporting the show. Eric Burns Marsh, if Larry Elder is the black face of white supremacy, is Sean King the white face of black supremacy? Um, yeah, I think I think yeah, that applies. Yeah, that works. Yeah, that's a good one too. Yeah. Rocky Mountain Monk, as a result of Arnold Arnold's remarks about the unvaccinated, Redcon One, one of the largest sponsors of the Arnold Classic, has dropped their support for the event next month. Also, hmm. Brian Shaw, four-time World Strongest Man and three-time winner of the of the Arnold Strongman Classic has disassociated with himself disassociated himself from Arnold. Screw you, Arnold. <laughs> Good. Uh, he also yeah, he's lost he lost some kind of sponsor or associated business too. Uh, yeah. there's a lot of this severance going on. I mean, it not that I am agree with or am happy with what Arnold said. I think it was a bunch of bullshit as we talked about on the show. I also saw a big story this week about of. how Patagonia, the jacket company, yeah, severed association with Jackson Hole, the ski resort. Because their Why? CEO Tucker guy Tucker. like donated to or held a, a GOP fundraiser or a conservative fundraiser. So we're not oh going to make the jackets for your ski resort anymore. My God. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying everybody has to associate with people they don't like. But you want to talk about how we can't get along anymore and how we are on that path to severance and balkanization. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. We don't allow each other to have our own beliefs even privately. Um, things are going to get really bad. Now, in Arnold's case, uh, yeah, he doesn't want you to even be able to behave uh, the way you want to private, wear a mask, you know, screw your freedom. Somebody um, sent me a really interesting montage of Arnold Schwarzenegger, the politician, when he was either running for California governor or he was California governor, mm-hmm. just talking about how we're the beacon of freedom for the rest of the world. Your, your typical, like, enthusiastic, chest beating America talk. About yeah. how we show the rest of the world how freedom is done. And then it was just cut right to his current talk about how screw your freedom with a, <laughs> with, with the Terminator stepping on a skull. Like it it's was so hard. You know, yeah. even after like the maid scandal, I still in my heart loved Arnold because mm. of uh, Pumping Iron and yeah. Terminator and Total Recall. I just I just find him undeniably likable against my own better judgment. Uh, he, I watched Total Recall right after that commentary, and I still liked the movie, and I still, it, 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 it does suck to watch 
someone who was a cultural icon of masculinity, like be tough, be strong, be, you know, do crazy, take risks, do crazy action scenes, like all of that to totally cave and just become a guy who says, submit, conform, allow others to lead you be weak. It's a shame. The whole thing is a damn shame. You know, he famously, um, like took non-consensual pictures of women that he was working with and had them all up in his uh dressing room like <laughs> well, like pictures of their titties and i don't know like if pull i can their appreciate shirts down that. and take that's a little but he, he used to be like you know sexual harassment is cool and stuff and now he's all <laughs> like a giant pussy i don't know if i'd go that far but i think we're all certain- alpha males should engage in a baseline level of sexual harassment that's just we are on the we're on the wrong side of that the trajectory that we're on is wrong and it's a total betrayal of how men and women naturally interact. I don't want anyone abused, obviously, but what you're talking yeah, but like about, like a little workplace ass smacking is just good for moral. Well, what are you talking about? Women in the workplace? First of all, that, <laughs> Lol. Like, let's be clear. You can't grant that premise. True. Thank you. I've just, my inner just, feminist. Is I'm getting... keeping you in check. <laughs> Holden Mulray. Hi, Truth Seekers. A good question regarding a medical procedure or test. What is the number needed to treat? It's the number of instances needed to cause plus one desired outcomes. The lower the number needed to treat, the better. I'm not sure if I understand. Is this like a triage system or what's, uh, what, what exactly is The number is about? needed to treat. It's the number of instances needed to cause plus one desired outcome. So like how many people with COVID do you need to treat in order to cure one. Is that what you mean, Holden? Oh. I don't want to. Yeah, I don't. That. I don't know. That's a little. I'm sorry, dude. Uh, uh, yeah. um, I'm pretty dumb. Incompetent hands. Blonde. I hate tiny hats. Also blonde. I love to haggle. Haggling <laughs> is a skill that <laughs> all people, not just Jews, should have. <sighs> Matt, I love cringe viewing. Also, Matt, please don't watch our early streams. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to watch my own cringe. That's the no, difference. <laughs> it's it's too it's too painful. Yeah. Everyone is doing politics, but you guys make it fun and funny. Um, our early streams, we were like so polite to each other. I noticed. I I haven't watched it, but I definitely would assume that there was a a pol- yeah. A, a comfort that had yet to develop, probably. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. We'll circle back on these. That's okay. true. Uh, over on Tippy Stream. Um, let me refresh here. Oh, I do. I might have an update on Trovo here. Um, okay. Let's see. I th- if there are Trovo chatters, I might I might be able to see them later. So we don't have any right now, but um, um, I do have someone monitoring Trovo chat for me who will be able to send them to me if they come up. So, um, let's see over on (laughs) tippy stream chickpea on me with this chickpea thing, man, it's never going to go away. Um, did you hear that Sam Harris went woke? He told Brett Weinstein that quote, now is the time to discuss doing anything but getting vaccinated while Brett supports a drug that rhymes with driver pectin. Thank you for, I I can't talk about that in certain contexts on YouTube. So thank you for that. Keep up the good work and uh, looking good blonde. Well, that's very kind of you. Um, Sam Harris, uh, I, I used to enjoy more than I do now. He really lost me on some uh, commentary, I don't know, a year or two ago where he said that uh, like white supremacy is this unique and particularly terrible form of racism. Um, And that that really bothered me. It was like, you know, 
I am anti-racist for having a separate standard for one distinct race was fundamentally the reasoning. Yep. Yeah, that, that bugged me. But uh, I don't know. I haven't listened to his show for quite some time. So, yeah, it's that fart, fart sniffing like element of Jordan Peterson style morality that I find distasteful. Well, if you want the biggest inhalation of said fart sniffing ever done, Jordan it's Peterson the first like, oh. epi- it's the first interaction between Sam Harris, Sam Harris and Jordan Peterson talking about what is true um, and what is the nature of truth. And they're both kind of talking, talking past each other to I, I don't even know what the hell they're trying to. It's they did come back and apparently had a better one, but that was one of the most difficult pieces of listening I've ever experienced in my life. Just two guys trying to out intellectualize each other, um, going into further and further or more and more abstract levels of thought that made absolutely no sense. Phil says Matt Walsh is right about Christy Nome. Unfortunately, the GOP is completely run by the chamber of commerce all the way down to the local level. Big line uh, go up at the expense of all else. I know Christy, I don't know exactly what's going on or what his criticism is, Matt Walsh's criticism, but I know Christy Nome is under a little bit of fire once again for not uh, supporting the the efforts of Republicans in her state to ban vaccination requirements at the workplace, uh, which we have done in this state. Um, well, I think we're the first state to do it, actually. There are no vaccine workplace requirements in the state of Montana. What a sellout I- bitch. I'm very conflicted. Her argument is, listen, it's not my place to intrude upon what the deal is between employers and workers. That's in the same way that I don't want them um, that I don't want them uh, in the same way. I don't want to intrude on them and tell them they can't do things that you might like or you might not like. I'm not going to tell them they can't have vaccine mandates if those are the the terms that they want in their um, employees. And oh, gotcha. Okay. So she's, she's not so going like, to intervene to stop vaccine mandates in the workplace is what's going on. And um, on, on the pure principle level, that is actually a position I agree with. I, I where I struggle with this is at what point this is kind of the question that we that we saw or that we've been considering the last few weeks. Are there lever, levers of power that have to be turned in certain directions or are there not? I don't know. I do know that that states uh have the power to do this sort of thing if they want to? Um, is it good to, if that power is going to be wielded, is it good to try to put it in one particular direction or another? I don't know. Um, I understand. I, don't know. I feel like we should not be getting hung up on principles at this point in time. It's too late. We should just be doing anything we can to protect ourselves from getting the vaccine. In the perfect world, I understand exactly where she's coming from. And I think it's uh, a perfectly principled argument. Uh, do we live in that? I guess my question is, do we live in that world anymore? No. Yeah. And I, I don't, you know, I don't. God knows I don't like bending principles very loosely. Um, but we're entering some dark time. Like we're, we're facing some bad stuff uh, ahead. And so it's going to be I don't rough. Know. Maybe, maybe, maybe a little bending here or there is the correct answer. Anyway, Matt, uh, Mans Odinson says, Matt, uh, Matt, I highly recommend reading the Havamal translated by Jackson Crawford. Offers much wisdom and self-sufficiency and advice. Plus, based on our last name, it comes from the area of our ancestors. Good luck. Oh, um, I can save the link for later. I can't actually open the link here, but I will 
save it for myself and I will check it out. That is um, maybe the most Nordic name I've ever heard. You're right. What Odinson? is it? Odinson. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I like it. Um, thank you. I will save the link and I'll check it out. Okay. Uh, we will, of course, circle back to chats in a little bit. Um, I'll have to just circle back with you. And speaking of uh, Nordic teachings and heritage, here's that crazy Viking. Mr. Viking, you there? Oh, yes. Yes, I am. What's on your mind? Hi. Uh, one second. Okay, muted the stream. There we go. Um, well, today I want to give y'all a history lesson. Okay. First off, I have to mention that right now we are in the middle of a very, um, an event that pisses me off a ton. Well, in history. Uh, Ruby Ridge happened, what, 25, 26 years ago? Was it this week? When or was it? 96? No, it was like 92 or. Was it? Yeah. 93, maybe? Uh, 92. 92. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So that was last third of August. So, you know, there's uh-huh. that going on. Uh, but the thing I really wanted to talk about today was the Battle of Athens. Hmm. Are either of you familiar with that? No, I know almost nothing about it. Okay. So Battle of Athens, uh, this was Athens, Georgia in, uh, oh, beginning okay. of August of 1946. Um, with this, um, brief background, there's a corrupt there's a corrupt political uh party there which might start with the letter d um (laughs) that was running there for the previous like 10 years or so um fast forward to just after world war ii a bunch of uh veterans end up getting back in not very happy with the way that the world was going um in in their county of mcmen county uh so they ended up throwing together a a bipartisan sort of league of some Democrats and some Republicans that they were running to oppose these um, in, in a sheriff's election. Uh, the sheriff, uh, the sheriff, the incumbent sheriff and the uh, political machine that was a part of it uh, fortified this election <laughs> to okay. uh, put it lightly. Um, and then eventually the veterans, they got pretty pissed off with that bought a bunch of guns and basically deposed the uh the corrupt uh the corrupt sheriff nobody died um but they basically took power and dismantled this political machine so it was uh an actual local insurrection uh yes yes it was And what and did this sheriff just leave or how was this resolved? Did they install a new sheriff? Um, so, yeah, they ended up, basically the, the sheriff. What, what kicked off the, the fight for this uh, was that the sheriff stole a couple of boxes of ba- uh, sheriff and his goons, for lack of a better term, stole some ballot boxes and brought them off to some other side. Uh, the veterans weren't really happy with it. They captured the ballots back um, and recounted the vote and turns out that the gis uh won by Mm. a huge landslide um eventually let's see here one second with my notes uh but yeah um yeah they ended up basically prosecuting the uh the former uh 
sheriff and none of the gis really end up getting into any trouble except for like i think one or two who um were a little bit more violent than anybody else in the state of more local revolt is what you're saying uh, no of course not i would never suggest any such thing that's, like that's, that i am simply conveying historical events gotcha. that's the opposite of the moral of the story you idiot yeah God. yeah um i agree this, with that did the state of georgia intervene or they just let this happen There was no, there was no attempted prosecution of these these guys who ousted the sheriff. They just, no, they just they, remained they, in this town in in Athens. Yeah, they they pretty much just stayed there um, mm. in Athens. And let's see here, yeah, because they actually had a government that ended up sticking around for the next couple years. Eventually, it fell apart due to party infighting between the Democrats and the Republicans that were part of this bipartisan league. But yeah, I mean they because they won the vote and the people who were involved with it weren't people the candidates who were running for this weren't super involved with this um unfortification of the election hmm. um they basically yeah they sort of cleaned up the town uh, with this well i certainly would not take any lessons from uh what they did and i would disavow it in totality it looks like there was a bunch of uh lawless uh troublemakers who really had no respect for uh you, you know the democratic systems of their town I, I can't think of a worse group of people other than of course the capital rioters themselves oh yes all those uh t- terrorists i believe that's sorry that's that's <laughs> yeah. yes yes susan yeah. yes they're terrorists yes all right um any final thoughts before we let you go not just want more people to be aware of this uh happened august 1st and 2nd of 1946 i think it's something that uh people should read into and so they know how to repeat right so you know how to watch out for your local extremist who might do such terrible things Mm -hmm. yes of course i would never ever ever suggest (laughs) anybody ever think of any doing doing anything thank you all right i did i knew nothing about this so thank you for the history lesson yeah you're welcome Okay, sorry about the typing there. I was um, typing away, trying to get some clarity on the Trovo situation. I think I got it figured out, so I'm not trying to be a distraction, but that is what's going on. Um, let's see, Lovecraft is up next. Lovecraft, you're good to go. Hey, well, I'm back. Hey there. Hey, I do understand, Matt, why you did not like um, Dr. Strangelove. Hmm. It's a hit and miss movie with people. It's okay. like Blade Runner's polarizing. Some people love it, some people don't. But here's the the are, I know you're on you're on Twitter, Matt, because I followed you. Are you on Twitter, Blonde? No, I got banned <laughs> four years ago. Yeah. I got a permit ban because I came at Mark Hamill over the recall, and they said I call, I tried to say he had TDS. He was a TDS retard, but they said, and I said that your your industry is run by Kitty Effers, and they said perma banned. Oh, they so they I took got, offense to that. Oh yeah. They they said that I was I was inciting violence against him, which I wasn't. And I said, if you lived in Soviet Union under the Russia, you would have been fleeing. And so they said permaban. I said, oh, thank you, thank you. I'm I'm on the list of people they hate. So I'm I find it a privilege to be banned. I do. I find it an honor to be kicked off there. I've tried. You know, I've gotten a few suspensions you here. You know and there. what you need to do. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, dude. What did, seriously, what did I get last? And you'll get perma banned, and it's it's a privilege because I was on Twitter way too much, and my, now I'm glad I'm not using it. 
my last suspension yeah. was uh, the New York Times wrote a story about <laughs> Fauci changing the goalposts once again or something. And I responded like, coming soon, hang oh yourself God, to slow the spread. Yeah, I made the joke like they're going to tell you to hang yourself to slow the spread really soon. Oh, and God. they they dinged it's... me for like advocating self-harm. And, and it's like, <laughs> first of all, it's clearly a joke. Second of all, I'm saying they're going to tell you that. I'm not telling anyone to hang themselves. Well, what but... you really need to do to protect your Twitter account is join the Taliban. Oh, that's true. If I just put some. Uh, <laughs> I know. Ain't yeah, that funny? I, We're banned from their blonde, but Taliban's OK on Twitter. <laughs> well, have you seen that? Well, uh, have you seen? I'm Count more Dankula? dangerous than the, the, to, than to the American oh, people they think than the Taliban. Have you seen Count Dankula's <laughs> Twitter account lately? Uh uh-uh. uh He's basically done that. He's made himself. Uh, he's Islamified himself. And really? Yeah, it's pretty funny. Oh, I don't know Everybody if that's why it, he, he oh, did it. Maybe he did it to protect his account. Maybe oh. that's exactly what it was. Hmm. Did you hear this? Um, I was watching the Next News Network, and they put a recording of a mother begging Biden to save her daughter who's trapped in Afghanistan. It's heartbreaking to hear her crying to Biden begging to save her daughter. And what's her daughter doing in Afghanistan? Well, she was working over there and she was trying to get out and she's trying to get to the airport. But every time she tried to move, the Taliban attacked her. So she's why was she working over there? I don't know. It's I just heard the record. The mother begging Biden to please save her daughter who's trapped in (sighs) Afghanistan. Probably one of those Americans who work for the government over there, you know, trying to with the Afghan government when all this hell broke loose. And yeah, I feel like none of this would have happened if women weren't working. So <laughs> <laughs> once again, it solves every problem. It does. Hmm. Oh my God, I love you, blonde. You're so, yeah, I honestly, I want to, I want to have Thank a wife you. like you. You're perfect. Aww. Don't ever change. No, Do not ever change. Matt, take a lesson from blonde. Be more like her. Oh. Well, wait, you don't want me to be like blonde. No, no you want blonde I, maybe to be like I blonde. need to be more like Matt. Well, no, 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 no. Don't change blonde. You're perfect, Matt. No, no. Be more I needed Matt because there was a time about three years ago where I was at a crossroads, you know, oh. it was it was it was close. I nearly <laughs> went full 1488 and he really helped bring me oh, back. God. Well, so and okay, now, now okay, you know it. Then, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stay Matt. Stay who you are. And blonde, stay exactly where you are. Well, when yeah, you say if that, it weren't for Matt, I actually would be doing all the hoax hates. Though they all, they all were me. Everyone, <laughs> every single one of them. I started watching your your. I started watching your first video. Wow, my first what video. What a difference! Hmm. Yeah, your guys' yeah. first video. Yeah. Oh, wow. like the uh, well, the, the first stream. Yeah, it, it keeps getting yeah, recommended to people on YouTube. Yeah, it keeps getting recommended. I don't know Maybe why. I'll watch it. I I, I don't want to watch it. I, I'm definitely not. And, uh, <laughs> you look, it's it, from there to here, it's, you guys have come a long ways from where you once were. Well, of course, that first episode like, was yeah. just, a, it was just a Google Hangout on the fly. It was not, it, that was just Blonde asking me like, hey, do you want to stream sometime? It was not a formal thing. It I was think just, you asked me. No, no, you asked me. I asked you. That's yeah. Oh, I'll never sorry. forget. all right we got to give you the boot as much as i would love to keep you here okay stroke my ego okay well you guys have a great night and you um, too yeah thanks thank you man all right uh from damien to phil we're gonna get all the susan bait in tonight what's in your mind phil oh so many things as per usual but i'll try to keep it short okay uh well, uh, two things. Uh, 
I had actually emailed Black Rifle Coffee a few weeks ago. Okay. How, how did that get. go? Well, they didn't respond back yet, so I'm thinking it was all a big joke. Were you, uh, you, you don't have to disclose if you don't want to, but were you a customer of theirs or were you just uh, emailing because you wanted to? I had bought some stuff from them a couple of years ago, but I was not mm-hmm. a subscriber. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I pretty sure I wouldn't qualify anyway because it was like three years ago I'd bought stuff from them. Did you um, have you listened to uh I mentioned Blonde I was going to listen to the uh, the Evan Hafer episode on Joe Rogan's show which I did. Oh Joe did Rogan you, I forgot about him. Have you listened to that episode Phil? I have not no. Uh, I'll be I'll be as quick as I can but um holy cow did that piss me off. First of all it it was Joe Rogan being like, yeah, man, when I saw this bullshit, I knew I had to have you on because I knew it was all bullshit. It's like these are people mad at you for not even reading the article or they're, they're mad at you, but they haven't even read the article. They're just mad on the Internet. And I knew it was bullshit. Like when I saw the article, I knew it was bullshit. Not enough to read it, but I knew it was bullshit. <laughs> like He's accusing people <laughs> of not doing their research while admitting he didn't do the research because they're friends, yeah. first of all, Ugh. which enraged so they are me. friends. Yeah, they're very friendly, which I get. Um, so he's not going to push Evan Hafer on these questions, but what really drove me insane about the interview too, um, Phil, you probably recall that the allegations of supporting Democrats, especially Tulsi Gabbard were dismissed as I lost a bet. I, I, you know, I lost a bet. It was all a joke. Okay. Well, that's a weird bet, but whatever they spent probably 45 minutes in this show. Uh, absolutely metaphorically filleting Tulsi Gabbard. It was just, oh. I mean, they just couldn't get enough. And I, and then they're talking about ARs and why would anyone want to ban this AR? Why would anyone want to ban this rifle? You guys just praised a politician for like an hour who yeah. wants to restrict them. And I'm not saying you can't like things and dislike things about a politician, but it was that hypocrisy where they didn't seem to care about the political implications on the gun control. And also the admission that supporting her, was not losing a bet. That was a lie. Yeah. yeah. You, you just told it like two weeks ago, and now you're admitting it was bullshit. And Joe didn't press him on it. Well, no. He's, well, that's, he not his, he, that's not his jam. He never does. There's only a few people who'll press on stuff, and it usually has something to do with uh, more spicy topics. But yeah. the, whole, the whole Black Rifle thing, like the, the way they keep talking, it's like you watch a small child take a cookie, and then they try to tell you you didn't see what you just saw. Like it's the yeah. whole gaslighting thing all over again. Yeah. I, I couldn't believe how dismissive they were in this episode. Um, it's if you really want to get pissed off, it's worth a listen. Other than that, it's not, but they just, <laughs> oh, they I just kind of pl- laughed at everybody stuff to be mad about. Yeah. And they just didn't, uh, they didn't acknowledge the serious criticism or the serious yeah. questions. And then they admitted that the stuff they said prior was, was a bunch of lies. Mm-hmm. Well, they but, violated the basic tenet of being a niche company which is uh insulting your own audience and customer base it's like what did they think was going to happen yeah I well know. to be fair they watched the gop shit over there all over their customer base for what 60 years at least now <laughs> so i mean yeah fair what, point what, what did they expect really yeah um it, i did have a last question i before i leave um mm-hmm. well let me let me start over one thing on the Christy Gnome thing before I get out of here is the yeah. GOP has forgotten you take care of the people that got you there. And mm. if they continue to shit all over us, we're going to just walk away and tell them to go you know, screw themselves because yeah, I, yeah. I don't need to vote for the Democrat. I don't need to vote for the Republicans if they're just going to uh, 
surrender every time the uh, Democrats say boo. Um, yeah, and anyway, there's not. Well, anyway. I I hope she's standing on principle rather than being intimidated <laughs> into that decision. Then again, um, it, there's no denying that it appears that the NCAA got to her last time with the transgender sports stuff. That didn't seem like a very principled decision. Yeah, that was, yeah. It seemed like she was bullied into it, and yeah. I don't know. Did did she get vaccine bullied in this case? I haven't I haven't read enough about it, but I mean I can see the principle that she's well, trying to stick up for. The question is, is that really what she's doing? I don't know. The GOP, see, it, this isn't her specifically, but there's things they will defend. Uh, here I go ranting again, but sure. Um, but DeSantis in Florida is very based on a lot of things, but when it comes to like the boycott, divest, sanction movement, he's pretty hardcore about getting rid of that so there are things that they'll they'll that the gop politicians will fight against it just doesn't happen to be for the people that vote for them it's the people that give them money Hmm. all right well thank you for the thoughts as always phil yep thanks again appreciate thanks bye so i just opened episode zero and like all the comments are from the last two months yeah i know i think it's because susan keeps recommending it man and it's like, great, um, a shitty stream I made five years ago. Could you please recommend the one yeah. I made this week? No, I think it's good. It's really uplifting if you want to go read the comments for a little pick-me-up. I do not. I don't. <laughs> no, the, no, it's great. I mean, well, we've, we've been doing this. Sh- it's crazy. We've been doing this show for five and a half years. Yeah. This is my second longest relationship. <laughs> <laughs> That's one way to put it. But yeah, I mean, through this show, I've ditched basically every other douchebag in my life. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, a lot has happened in the last five years. Yeah. And um, we started and we had a lot more hope about the future of the country because we were riding this Trump wave and, and we yeah. felt really good about what was going to happen. And so it's just been this genesis of just mm. extreme hopefulness into yeah. absolute crushing despair. Yeah and defeat. And now I'm feeling like a little bit better. So, Mm. you know, it's, it's cool for posterity that so much of our lives has been documented. Sure. It's really cool. Yeah. I, and I don't, I don't stay away from comments and stuff because I don't have appreciation for, for people's, uh, niceness or criticism or whatever they want to say. Um, for me, I just, when I expose myself to too much praise or criticism, yeah, it it really kind of gets to me. And I feel like I, I don't even like to look at video ratings because or even look at view counts because I don't like to feel that I'm chasing a particular thing. I don't want to sit down and make a video and feel like this is what people want me to say or this is what I need to say or do to get the view count or the the likes that I want. Uh, on the other side of it, I don't want to sit down and say, well, people are going to be mad at me if I say this because they were that one time. So yeah. I just I try to keep that stuff out of my head because I, I think that it gets I worry that it would get too much influence on the product that I make. And I don't want that to guide the product that I make. I understand. Yeah. I mean, I read everything because I'm an intractable yeah. narcissist. So and I have to know which comments to delete. Yeah. Also. I mean, and that doesn't mean I don't care what people think. Obviously, I do. And I want to create a product that people want to consume and come back to. It's good for your content, though. A lot of the time, like. You know, the YouTube comments are not necessarily where you're going to get the best rating of that. You know, like sometimes, convers- though, well, maybe <laughs> it's just I, I know how like 
you either you read the wrong comment or the you know, just something like just gets you, and then there goes half a day. You know, like yeah, there goes, and it's true. a really bad look too. It's never you a good that, look, Cindy. You bitch. It's never a good look to be going back and forth on your own channel in a comment oh, fight. Like that's just, it's just not. I do good. it all the time. It's really bad. I still do. <laughs> all right, we are uh, due for a break. Already, um, chat. We reading. also have a heavy load of. I, I did see that, so we'll have to be disciplined on the uh, email questions as we were last week because we have like 20 of them. So we'll have to move quickly. Um, we're good on tippy stream over on Trovo. C2K says UK Koof update tomorrow. The UK updates. It's no travel list to countries, which should go on the list, but won't be added because there aren't enough quarantine hotel rooms to put people in proving it has never been about protecting anyone and about making money out of UK citizens. Again, no testing needed for Afghans. He also says Delta announced today that they will charge non-U.S. jabbed staff $200 per month until they get it. They say that this is for their insurance costs. Uh-huh. If you're not vaccinated, yeah. The Del- Delta, the airlines, not the variant. And in Delta's statement, they didn't call it the Delta variant. They called it the B1267 or whatever its technical name is. No sacking suggesting, suggested yet. Simply that contrary to HIPAA, they will now levy a charge against staff who don't comply. No evidence, but I do wonder how much Joe paid them to be the first to do so. Well, I do suspect. I mean, Joe Biden walked out Monday and said, yeah, uh, private businesses do some vaccine mandates, just like he said with the social media censorship or Jen Psaki did uh, a few months ago. They're they're not just kind of behind the scenes about this. They openly call for private business to do I their know. bidding that would otherwise be unconstitutional. God, this is so and nobody crazy. nobody seems to care. Nobody um, cares. Yeah. What uh, what else was I thinking about this? Uh, I thought I lost a thought, but um, but yeah, important things to watch. Oh, I, I remember what it was. As far as the people coming out of Afghanistan, did you see the report today? There have been mm-hmm. eighty thousand people evacuated from Afghanistan over the last few weeks. Guess how many Americans? I don't know. 2,000? Not far off. 4,400. Really? Who the hell are the rest of the 80,000? The terrorists? All right. We'll find out soon. Um, Yeah, really. We'll see how many gay nightclubs get shot up and then... Well, that was was just anti-gay violence. That's all that... That was right wing is what that was. Don't forget. Well, we do have some things in common. (laughs) Anyway, uh, D Live, we're good. Uh, Zohar, thank you for supporting the show. Pep, I missed the su- the show Sunday night. I hope you got my shekels on mines. Oh my god, I forgot about mines. Um, it does. I I do still run my mines account. Yeah. Um, and it does it does work just fine. So if you're supporting over on mines, thank you for doing that. I think it's a foregone conclusion that Americans will be left in Afghanistan. Who will be held accountable for the debacle? Um. I don't know. I mean, who is really responsible for this? Is it is it actually Biden? You know, I think on the right, there's too much of this like, oh, Biden flubbed this terribly and blah, blah. blah. He should have obviously evacuated everybody before we withdrew the troops. That's just common sense. Um, But I think that there is some truth to the statement that uh, there was no way that we were going to withdraw troops and there wasn't going to be immediate Taliban rule. Like who the fuck thought that there was, there was going to be a stable government there after we yeah, left. There I wasn't that, a stable government there when we were there. But so, if the question is, do, who do we blame for having people trapped there? I think that's Biden, unquestionably yeah. on Biden. For sure. Who do we yeah. blame for like Afghanistan in its natural state? Well, uh, uh, that's uh, Afghanistan yeah. going to Afghanistan. Yeah. I saw a great meme 
um, that was uh, an old picture of Bush, like kind of doing one of those bushy thumbs up that he used to do. And it was just captioned when you're the guy that started the longest war in American history, but everyone's arguing about whether to blame Obama or, uh, or yeah. uh, Biden or Trump. Yeah. 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 Kind of yeah, forget that, about. Definitely true. I mean, and the most frustrating thing is that we're not going to take away um, the the message here that we shouldn't interfere in countries that have a way of life that we disagree with, but that will persevere once we're gone. It's like, what, what are we doing? We have no right to nation build. No right. I, I don't think that we have a right. And I don't I don't think that it works either. Um, I, I don't think that it's effective in. I understand that Afghanistan has been um, a place where a lot of uh, bad guys tend to hang out and potentially plot bad guy things. Am I convinced that our continued presence there prevents that sort of thing? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, people often say, listen, no terrorist attacks coming from Afghanistan in 20 years. I, I'm, I mean, that's true. And I, I'm not even saying that it's impossible or unlikely that our intervention there is what stopped that. The trouble is we can't answer that question compared to what? We it, we don't have that counterfactual to say how many terrorist attacks would there have been if yeah. we weren't in Afghanistan for 20 years? Is yep. the answer also zero? I don't know. It might be. It might not be. But, um, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Steven Suarez, does Blonde want to hear my dark thoughts about capital punishment for authoritarian using a movie reference? You know I do, Steven. Hmm. Pee-pee poo-poo man. <laughs> Thank you. What does he have to say? Try Summa Theologia. It's a light read. I assume it's not a light read. Hmm. Um, Pip Chap Noir, uh, laid in from Australia. Good discussions. Thank you. Are they still you allowing uh, YouTube or Super Chat in Australia? Or is that too much social interaction? No, that's actually the Australian government. They've already broken into his apartment and murdered him. <laughs> I see. Did you um, see that dog. crazy news reporting coming out of Afghanistan where they're like arresting a guy for lying to the police and visiting his friends? Oh, my God. But then what about the guy sneezing, too? Oh, the yeah. The guy in the elevator, too. This man is COVID positive, but yeah. he sneezed in an elevator like he doesn't give a shit. Wow. Imagine that. So uh, you know, we used to call that just uh, like, I don't know, you walk into an elevator and it smells like a fart. Yeah. Yeah. Some asshole farted in here. Yeah. Some guy the sneezed old in here. crop dust. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's just do one more for right now. Slosher, Matt, if you're interested in Scando history, you can pick up a new book, The Viking Heart mm. by Arthur Herman. I, I am kind of casually interested. Uh, I, I It's, you know, stuff that uh, I think is interesting from a family or a heritage perspective. That's kind of cool. Viking culture, I think, is kind of cool. I don't know. I'm, as we talked about earlier, I just... I long for a time when men were men and I kind of appreciate yeah. that too. I was mentioning um, at uh, museum of the Rockies here in town, they have this, they have their rotating exhibit that they shift out a couple times a year that right now it's really cool. Ancient Viking artifacts from Sweden. So we went to go check those out like old helmets, old shields, old swords, um, kind of recreations of what the Sweet. boats were like. And it's just like, yeah, man, a time when people took risk sailed around see what they could find you know uh, men were men what yeah. now and nowadays it's just uh, i don't know maybe you shouldn't sail across over into england or somewhere else that sounds kind of risky why don't you just sit here and uh, accept mediocrity <laughs> <sighs> so that is, that's kind of what drives my appreciation for it too um but yeah uh, thank you for the recommendation 
All right. Are we all set for now? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we can circle back. Yeah. We'll come back. Uh, thank you guys for. Oh, my sounders are broken. What the hell? Uh, I guess we won't get Jen Saki here, but uh, we'll get back to the calls. Uh, Archery Tone. Archery Tone, you there? Hi. Yes. Hey. What's on your mind? Hey, how's it going? Um, so every time I hear you guys talking about how you're considering homeschooling, I get really excited. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, they've all but convinced me pretty much in your camp. <laughs> Yeah, I've been um, teaching homeschoolers for like the last 10 years. And, oh, really? Uh, yeah. Um, so I was wondering if you guys wanted to hear kind of about that in general or if you had questions. Or I also have done a lot of research and um, done some work in Montessori classrooms. And mm. I think they're amazing. So either topic was kind of what I was thinking. Well, I am interested in Montessori education, which I've been doing a little bit accidentally, (laughs) but I don't like this whole thing about not having imaginative play. I think it makes for a little bit of a joyless childhood. So if you could tell me a little bit about how you can incorporate imaginative play into Montessori education, I would appreciate that. Um, although can I can't I a, imagine this is what Skag wants to Can you give me just a quick definition of what that even is? I don't know what, what that means. Yeah, so it's, a, it's an educational method that was started by Maria Montessori um, quite a while back. And it's kind of developed over time as a really like observation-based um, education or yeah, learning environment. So um, practitioners throughout like the decades since it was started have like watched what engages the little kiddos the most mm-hmm. and created these really simple, appealing um, kind of hands-on exercises that um, the kiddos love to just focus on and. Montessori classrooms are kind of big. They have like usually 20 kiddos at once um, in a span of like three years of age. So like you'll have the um, four to six year olds in one classroom. Um, And they they form this peaceful community where they are very self-sufficient and learn to rely on themselves and learn Mm. how to focus. And it's, it's just very joyful and peaceful. So that's my kind of basic description of it. Okay. Uh, I don't know if you have more questions, Blonde, but the only other thing I'm curious about then is why, so what is the lack of imagination in that arrangement or why does it, what makes you worry about a lack of imagination? Well, people compare it to um, other methods like Waldorf where, um, where like storytelling and um, imaginative play are really emphasized. Um, Montessori uh, environments tend to be more focused on kind of what you can discover in the world with Mm. your hands, with your eyes. Um, And in some Montessori schools, uh, I I don't know, I've never seen a Montessori classroom where like imagination is discouraged. It's just Mm -hmm. that the focus tends to be on... um, on like the very on the concrete materials and the lessons you can learn from them like the math materials are um are very geometric very they don't have like you wouldn't have like a um you know a cartoon drawn on any of your math materials because you're imagining like the story around them right it's just 
the math material itself. It's like the blocks, the chains of beads. So, mm. yeah. Well, and I can see why both of those things would be necessary just from a, I don't know, kind of a, a, a thinking development perspective. You want to be able to interact with the world practically, but you want yeah. to take those lessons or those principles about the world and, and think about them imaginatively so that we can develop cool new stuff. I mean, if you don't, if you don't have a sufficiently developed imagination, we never advance. Yeah. But if you don't have enough technical understanding of how the world operates, your imagination is kind of meaningless if it's just pie yeah. in the sky nonsense. That's true. You really need yeah. both of those things. Yeah, yeah, definitely. definitely. I agree with that. Um, and the other thing I um, I love about the Montessori um, kiddos I've seen is that they learn to read really fast. <laughs> and that helps imagination a lot of times because they can yeah. just dive into all this fiction. Mm -hmm. and Yeah. So, yeah. I, I was, uh, you said that you are a homeschool teacher. Does that mean that you teach only your kids or do you teach? Are you part of kind of like a co-op thing? Yeah, it's more like a co-op thing. Um, it's an okay. organization called Village Home, and um, anyone in the community can kind of um, offer a class. And then um, if enough kiddos sign up for it, then you get to use the classroom and, you know, you get paid like an instructor. So that's cool. the, that's that's sweet. the thing yeah. that sounds really intriguing to me, uh, the more I learn about that kind of arrangement. Yeah, it's amazing because um, the kids can choose what they want to learn. You yeah. don't have to, you know, follow standards and grading practices. Um, so you can just focus on nurturing the kids and whatever they're interested in. Um, and they can choose not to take your class. So you have to make sure it's good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. right. That's exactly That's great. it. Yeah, it's it sounds like <laughs> what I'm trying to institute with my my daughter. Like there's some Waldorf elements, mostly Montessori, but. Mm -hmm. um, I'm trying to encourage a lot of imaginative play. I think it's good for toddlers, especially. Mm. Oh, how yeah. uh, yeah. well you you guys have experience in this realm, obviously. How soon should I start thinking about an educational philosophy for my son? Like how how not yeah. soon? Not you soon. Should, you should no. You should parent okay. intuitively. Okay. Just yeah. I, I just would wouldn't worry about reading anything. Like I, I only discovered that I was accidentally doing Montessori parenting yeah. because okay. my Actually, friend knows about it. So, so you I, didn't roll into this with all these, this clear, rigid structure. No, I mean, yeah. parenting yeah. is really organic and you find that you just do the things that meet your baby's yeah. needs. And then your baby will like, my daughter will come over and she'll like hand me a fake phone. And so I'll just be like, hello, Emmeline. Like it's for sure. you. And then she'll pick it up and she'll be like, rah, 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 rah. Yeah. it's just imaginative play. And it just, yeah. it's comes, just don't worry too yeah. much about like what kind of parent you're going to be because you'll, you'll find out. Yeah. I mean, one, of, I love that you're saying that blonde because um, one of the main things I love in the Montessori community is that they have this uh, maxim of follow the child. You know, yes. so hmm. you, you just watch and you observe. And if you really do that, they show you what they need. Yeah. <laughs> it's really yeah. magical. Yeah. I, under, I understand what you mean. That that has a weird connotation for me because these days everybody's saying things like, well, your kid should decide this. And so anytime oh, I hear like follow yeah, a child, yeah. I'm thinking like, no, like no, physically I'm, follow your child I, around the house. I see. Yeah. yeah. I understand what you mean. <laughs> That's yeah. like 90% of parenting is just following your child. Like all my yeah. daughter wants to do now is take all the Tupperware out of a cabinet and put it all back. She does. She does that for like three hours. So she's working yeah. on her, uh, her kitchen work at a young age. That's, I know 
very yeah. productive. Yeah, it is. Yeah, that's a good point, Matt. Though I mean, it is you, it is an important distinction to make because. Um, you know, with our knowledge of the world as adults, we can watch everything about a child, not just what they say they're deciding. And so following the child is like providing them the environment that they clearly need when you watch them. Not yeah. necessarily like, hey, what do you think is the best for you? Right. Three year old. Yeah, know? exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yep. Okay. Well, thank you for the thoughts and your enthusiasm yeah. on this. I Man, I, I remain amazed that I my view about the potential of homeschooling has pretty much flipped in the last year and change. So <laughs> thanks for being a part yeah. of that. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, have a great night. Bye-bye. Bye. Uh, guess who's back? It's been a little bit, but uh, Frank is here. Frank Underwood. What's up, man? Hey, Frank. <laughs> have you joined the Taliban since last we heard from you? Yes. Why well, okay. Korea now? Yeah. Throwing the bears. I got the towel head going. And well, you know, it, around whipping some women with my leather belt. It's, it's you, awesome. you get cool guns. They have dank memes. You know, it doesn't seem like it's all bad these days. Yeah. <laughs> and I do, I do want to congratulate you guys on, on finally getting out of the the sand people's uh, home. <laughs> well, we're not Thank out you. yet. Uh, Don't be premature. Yeah, your, your guy guys are all about watering the tree of liberty and stuff, but uh, you you can't water sand that rocks to grow out. <laughs> That's fair. This was never gonna. Uh, are there even trees to water? Yeah, That's, exactly. That's yeah. Yeah, and, uh, I, I think it's good for the, the Afghanis to take back their country and rid themselves of the, the yoke of the great Satan, as they, as they say. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right, so all around, just wins all around. Yeah, of course, it's a little bit embarrassing with the people who fall from the airplane and stuff. <laughs> what, whatever. Well, we, I, we live in clown world. Who, who the fuck cares at this point? I was told on Sunday, we were told by a chatter that that was fake. But I don't know how serious that was. The pilots were painted onto the plane, don't you know? <laughs> that was all Could the very well be. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. They probably took the same... Uh, uh, dummy body they used for George Floyd and just repurposed it yeah. in, the, in the plane yeah, wheel really. well. Uh, you know, they got that yeah, one but around. Y- you know, the, in hindsight, the whole war and stuff, it's basically a, a psyop. It's a, it's a money grift operation to, to take uh, resources from the taxpayer and give yeah. it to the military industrial complex. Yeah. And, and of it. course, uh, a certain country in the Middle East they probably wanted this also. Oh, yeah. Thank you for keeping Ooh. Susan in mind. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, did you do you have anything else in your mind besides uh, rejoice at the scenes you have seen? Well, not not really. I, I do want to leave your leave you with uh, that. It's it's all psyop, and uh, now COVID is the psyop. Yeah. You know mm-hmm. why? Why go fight uh, fight? Uh, goat herders in, in some desert when you can fight an invisible virus at home well yeah and of course the new the new war heroes are the mask wearers you know pretty soon you will be awarded a purple heart for surviving coronavirus we are on the cusp <laughs> of that i think yes and of course the vaccine is the new uh, new grift and you i'm mean, sure yeah. the the mask producers like 
should have should have bought some mask stocks uh, three years ago. <laughs> yeah, I, I suppose. Um, all right. Well, thank you for the thoughts, man. It's good to hear from you. Ah, see you, Rob. I like right, have, <laughs> he's he's off uh, on his patrol around town, I suppose. Um, Kim is up next, coming up on the bottom of the hour. So I'll try to move quickly here. Kim, you there? Hi, Kim. Oh yes. Hi. What's on your mind? Um, I was actually just talking to Nathan so I need to just switch gears here for a little bit. Sure. Um, I do have a story about confirmation bias. Um, among children of minorities. Hmm. Um, but we're running a little short on time, so I think I'll save that story for another time. Okay. Um, unless you really want to hear it, but I'll come back to that one. If it's um, yeah, if it's long, maybe or, or send me an email. I could take a look at the story as well. Okay, well, it's it's just personal experience. I'll just give a quick summary. Um, okay. There was a kleptomaniac at summer camp where I worked. Um, we had a, a phone thief. And hmm. ironically, our top two suspects, suspects were um, black, okay. which I noticed and I thought was kind of funny since it's not like, you know, it's that 1350 right there. Like it was okay. in, in the small population of camp, um, you know, majority white kids and our two main suspects in the crime were both um, black girls. So never because had a connection. Of, uh, and it was what witness uh, statements or how, why were they suspects? Yes. Yes. We okay. interviewed children, witness statements, um, probable cause, all of that, but okay. never got a conviction, unfortunately. Um, mm. when, and when you say conviction, us- you mean like law enforcement was involved or are you talking about, <laughs> we thought about it. We actually um, threatened law enforcement on the girls, our primary suspect to see if she would like crack. Hmm. Didn't, didn't even like blink an eye and they just, just denied it they just said we did, we're yeah, not doing wasn't that. me okay. wasn't me it was the other black girl wasn't me oh um, they they flipped on <laughs> each other oh yeah but were they were they friends or were they Dude, she blamed a six-year-old hmm. okay how old was the the primary 12. okay yeah um. her mom actually caught her stealing in a store when she was like in first grade um and called the police on her because she went to teach her a lesson Wait, what Whoa, she whoa, called whoa. Yeah. the police on her first grade. She, what a fucking psycho. She was so this this girl was in the store and she had um stolen like a pack of candy or something and her mom noticed it. Yeah. And told the lady at checkout, like, hey, my daughter's trying to steal something. I want to teach her a lesson. Call the police, have them come in and talk with her. Why not call dad? The store did that. Where where <laughs> why was that not an option? Why was not why wasn't it called dad? I, I don't know. I'll let you make your own assumptions okay. about I'm that. Just, I don't I'm know. Just curious. <laughs> Um, but yeah, police came in, little first grader, didn't even cry. Um, so damn hard and kleptomaniac at a young age. So we couldn't crack her either. Never actually, she never confessed to it. Never actually had anyone say, I saw her do this. All evidence pointed to her, but it was like confirmation bias right there. Um, but maybe I'm just racist. Well, you are pretty racist, but that's well, okay. But you, you, yeah, weren't, you weren't blaming this person because you had some inherent bias against this person. You were given information by people who either saw it or by her presence at various places where the phones were stolen, I assume. There was some sort of reason yeah. presented to you. It wasn't like you didn't make a snap racial judgment to arrive at this conclusion by the sound of it. No, and it wasn't, it wasn't like my call to make. I was like, you know helping out the head counselor who was trying to come to 
end of it. They come to find mm. out who it was doing it. So I was just kind of helping out. But yeah, all evidence pointed to her, but never got a conviction. So that was all right. Yeah, well, who quick? <laughs> Maybe she has her own phone hut these days. She's <laughs> well, selling. No, she, really. didn't even, yeah. she didn't even keep it. She threw it in the trash can. Oh, so it was just mm. the thrill of the steal. Yes. Wow. That, that's I kind, kind of, of understand this. Hmm. Stealing things is super fun. Go on. <laughs> do you say from experience? Fun. Yeah. I, do I have a history and some light shoplifting? <laughs> yes. It was, it was under $1,000, right, Blonde? You're fine. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. I've never stolen anything. I've never smoked a cigarette. Are and I've you never stolen serious? anything. I, well, not from a store. No. Well, how do you get the thrill if you're not stealing from a store? That's where she went wrong. Don't steal mm. from other people. That's shitty. I'm sure that I've probably taken some. Have I? T- I don't know. Like from a friend or something. I don't know. Maybe I've done That's something. That's so like that. much worse than stealing from a store. You know, I don't they know. Budget I'm trying to theft. think. Well, yeah, but that. Why? Wait, wait, wait. Why is that so much worse? Is it just because you know the person? Because you know the person. Yeah. yeah, but everybody has the same rights to their property. Why yeah, is it? Yeah, yeah, fine. It's, it's, it's worse in my mind. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I just, just a quick story on, you know, confirmation bias of hate statistics among children. Um, nurture nature, you decide. But. Yeah. Hmm. Well, <laughs> hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Thank you for the story. <laughs> yeah. Um, anything um, else before we let you go? Nope. Just final word. Thank you guys for all you've done. Um, you, this is like I think listening to the show for about three years now, mm. and it has changed my life in many ways, and I appreciate it immensely. So. Oh, that's so sweet. Thank you. Well, thank you for for that, and uh, of course, I would say the exact same. Keeping us on the air is how yeah. I met my wife. It's how I have my son. It's 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 radically changed my life for the better as well. So thanks for being a part of that. Yep. Yep. Have a wonderful evening. You as well. Bye-bye. Bye. Aw. In, in another world without this show, I'd be, you know. <laughs> oh, my God. Our lives would suck so much. Anonymous, lame job that would. Yeah. I, actually, I know I know I would be in that in a much more of a. Not only would I not have you know, my family arrangement and, and uh, the show and the community that all of that is. But I guarantee my former perfectly mediocre job would be pushing all sorts of things on me oh, from a coronavirus yeah. perspective. And we're in a position where we can be like, oh, you want me to get a vaccine? Lick my nuts. Well, and I wonder too, like part of my political awakening was seeing all the crap that was going on on the inside of that organization. Yeah. And yeah. I, and, and that was back when I was a former like reliable Democrat voter, lefty, all those things. And I started to see some of it expose itself in <laughs> late 2015, early 2016. It got me thinking about these things, but I was, yep. Had things gone a slightly different way, is it possible that I would have been indoctrinated into that hive mind and maybe... I don't think so. Would I be one of the do your part to slow the spread, we're all in this together, NPC mask wearing guys? I don't know. I don't think that was ever your fate. Maybe not. Can I ask you something about coronavirus or Hmm. any of the audience? Anybody email me about this. All right. So I'm having this issue since I got my sense of smell back. I know we have dangerous spaces coming up. Yeah, I I don't want to forget them. Don't let me forget them. Don't forget dangerous spaces. Okay. Yeah. Where I lost my sense of smell for about a month. Like I couldn't smell fuck all. And now my sweat and farts smell so different. I can't, <laughs> I don't even recognize them as like as as odors emanating from my own body. Interesting. 
my sweat constantly smells like garlic. Hmm. Terrible. It's, it's terrible. I, I don't know if this is how I've always smelled or if getting my, my smell receptors back has changed the way that I smell things. And uh, like my it. fart situation is a disaster. I, that, I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. Is it just the smell, the sense of smell that changed or is it the actual smell? I know. Changed? I've not heard it's of this. It's really bothering me. I don't know what's going on, but like I thought it was my deodorant and then I talked to one of my friends. Same thing. Perception of your own scent changes, but not your perception of other people's scent. Well, I mean, I'm not like smelling my husband's farts on the rag or anything like that. Well, but I guess like living with someone, you know, you'd probably notice if they started smelling funny or something. Yeah, I think it's just it's just me. Weird. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. That's not something I've experienced. It's like someone else is farting on me or rubbing their B.O. on me, and I I can't take it anymore. All right. Uh, our friendly call screen so are no, dangerous is spaces. So no, what you're telling me. This Not this for me, but perhaps people will, will email you or the chat will let us know. I'm sorry to. <sighs> there, sorry there was a little delay there, dangerous spaces. We, uh, we had a, important thought discussions to have. I did. Right. I, I yeah, just want to know if somebody's breaking into um, my house at night and farting on me or if these are actually my own farts. I just I want to know. Well, I'm so glad I had to wait for that conversation. Yeah. <laughs> we got to get the important things done. It uh, is important, okay? This is really weird. Okay. Uh, quickly to start with, guys, if you're new and you're thinking about calling, can I just say, just call in. Don't be pussies. Yeah. People are nervous um, about this show. I just talked about my farts. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, um, you, know, you get to listen to my friendly voice after I've just called you pussies. That doesn't really yeah. match up. Anyway, you are really friendly. We, we appreciate people's respect for the show. I, I do find it endearing when people um, have a little bit of nervousness or I'm so nervous. It's like, yeah, what? yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, that's cool. And I appreciate that. Not that I you're welcome to come on this show and you, you can't desecrate the Wednesday stream dude. like if you think that yeah. you can, you haven't listened to enough of it. Pretty so much, yeah. just give yeah. it a try guys. It's fun. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I was going to talk about, I was going to rage on the media this week. I'll try not to be too long, but I changed my mind on something I've discussed a couple of times this year of, I talked in, it must've been February, maybe the first week of March. Cause it was before call screening started. Uh, I talked to you guys about Jen Psaki not seeming to really know how to do a job very well. <laughs> oh, yeah. I then, I, then I talked about Kamala Harris having no PR training. I, I, there was like an email I questioned a few weeks ago. Okay, yeah. I'm watching this whole Afghanistan shit show. I have to revise my idea and say, I don't think any of them know what they're doing in terms of how to come across PR-wise. So you think this is widespread incompetence? I don't think there's anyone in the admin that knows what they're doing in regards to it. I came across an article, you know, the, um, I think you guys might've shown a picture of it on Sunday, the really big C-17, like four engine plane mm-hmm. that they were saying, this is a plane that we're using to get um, the US, this is the US Air Force getting people out of a- Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. I looked up a Department of Defense tweet for it and I looked at the plane it's got markings on it from the United Arab Emirates. It's not a U.S. plane. Mm. Interesting. Well, from the wonder- actual Department of Defense, this wasn't like someone going, "Oh, you know, this." Is- I'm going. You guys can't even do the basic. Let's get a picture of our own planes. Right. <laughs> well, you wonder is. Is it incompetence or is it deception for certain reasons? There was that whole controversy on this Afghanistan debacle of whether that picture released of Joe Biden in that 
um, kind of war room setting yeah, yeah. was actually current because of the time zones or the times that were on the wall. I, I, because of the really time zones easy. on the wall? Yeah, because yeah, the, the times t- were actually wrong. I actually yeah. went and did a thing of, um, because you can do, you can go into sites where you can check time zone differences. And so yeah. I just put in every city. Every other one was correct for the current day, except for Russia was. Because they don't do uh, daylight savings. Ahead. That's why. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, interesting. But a couple of other places do, and every other place was right. So I think yeah. it might be current. They just have the wrong time in Russia for some reason. I suppose Which that could weird. be another explanation is I think Russia changed that recently, if I'm not mistaken. Whatever know, the case, their, their Moscow time was wrong. The question is why? Is it because the 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 uh, photo wasn't current or is it because of some other issue? And, but I just well, that's back, a- back to the point. I just wonder if even the let's say that that was a, a let's say that that photo is a fake. Are we watching that on a on a long scale or a broad scale? Are we watching them put out photos that are inaccurate for the purpose of presenting things that aren't true? Yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's so many things of you know there were people falling falling from the sky. That was five days ago. I okay. love that. I'm I'm still. Or, I still never Jen get Sark- tired of that joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or Jen Psaki, the um, you know, I think it's irresponsible for you to suggest we're stranding people there. We are going yeah. and getting them. It's like, can they get out without you? They can't. Well, then they're stranded. Yeah. What if I'm on think? a de- if I'm on a desert island and someone comes pick me up from a boat, doesn't mean I wasn't stranded. Like, well, what are you talking about? It's another weird thing where she plays these semantic games. If you remember when Joe Biden said that uh, not wearing a mask is Neanderthal thinking or not ma- mandating masks is Neanderthal thinking, and Jen Psaki right. said, no, no, he said the behavior of a Neanderthal. As though that's a big distinction, but it was sort of the same thing in this situation. Well, I didn't say it was false that they're stranded. It's just that that it's irresponsible to say that they are. Well, why is it irresponsible? Wouldn't that imply that it's false? It's false, right. Well, I think she, would she also, I think the next day, it might have even been, yeah, it might have even been the actual next day where she said something along the lines of, we don't know if we can get all Americans out. So they're going to be stranded after you told off someone for saying that they were stranded. Like what? (laughs) Like what? Or Joe walking away at the end of things and not taking questions. And there was one press <laughs> yeah. conference they actually yelled out, "You know, are you not going to take any questions, Mr. President?" Well, like, what are you do? like? I like I just watched the whole administration. Or the um, you know, the Taliban are going to have to decide what role they want to play in yeah. the in the world. It's like they don't necessarily want to play a role in the world. What are you guys talking about? This yeah, is, yeah. It's, I'm just watching a train wreck, and I'm thinking I might have been wrong in terms of. It's just one or two people that don't really know how to actually utilize the media training they've been given. Maybe they just don't have any. Well, and a lot like, of these they... people are are career political assistants or bureaucrats. Yeah. These are these are people who are given the privilege of failing upward for years and years and years and years. <laughs> they really do fail so, upward, don't they? Who I'm knows? Just watching, but that's the thing. I'm watching and going. I might have to rethink my my viewpoint that. Maybe no one knows what they're doing. PR, what? Yeah, you know, let's no, get some effeminate dude with really long, sharp nails uh, to, you know, try and get kids to vaccinate, so that the rest of the world can look at you and go, "What the fuck are you?" Oh, doing was that the, the TikTok guy? I didn't even watch that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Which apparently is just a character that some guy plays, but that yeah. doesn't make it any better. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, fiddle as the Titanic sinks, as always. Yeah. Um, oh, that, well, that was that was the other one of of we got a whole bunch of people out. So I I don't know how you can say this is unsuccessful. It's like 
Yeah, that's like the Titanic saying, look how many people we got into lifeboats. Right, yeah. Okay, <laughs> okay good good for you. Yeah, what was the aim here? And it, you, you can't tell me that this operation was the intended strategy or the intended yeah. outcome. So, yeah. So so you're really pleased with the you know how you've handled the initial screw-up? Good for you. Great. Yeah. Yeah, well, thank you for the thoughts as always and thank you for uh your continued dedication to the uh to the screening. We appreciate it. And uh people are always uh telling us they're delighted to hear your jolly Australian voice. Well, well thank you. I kind of, you know, had a few tech problems today and some people we had to drop, but you know. That's all right. I, you know, hopefully we get as many people in as possible. But, Discord yeah. works in mysterious ways as always. Yeah, I know. It's very annoying. <laughs> thank you, man. No worries. You guys have a good one. Bye. All right. Thank you to the callers tonight. Appreciate you guys. Um, if you are having trouble getting in live or you'd like to participate, but you can't do it live, of course, you can send us an email question and we uh, take those at the con- on the contact page of the website. That's Matt Christensen. I'm at the point where I can't even say my own name. MattChristensenMedia.com slash contact. That's where you can send uh a call and show question. We'll respond to those at the end of the stream each and every week. Are you smelling your armpits? It's happening right now. Oh my God. This is terrible. I'm having, (sighs) this is an existential issue. I, yeah, I don't know. I wasn't aware of this, but the internet surely has people who share your experience. It's got to. One person in the live chat said she's dealing with the same thing. All right. Well, um, we'll get, we'll have to be just like last week. We'll have to be disciplined in our question responses here. So let's go, uh, you and me each have our say and, and keep it moving. Devin says, seeing how vaccine rhetoric has been ramping up, do you think it'll ever get to the point where CPS gets involved if parents refuse to vaccinate themselves or their children? If so, what is the proper response? Do I think that's going to happen? Yeah. Do I think it's far away? No, probably soon. And what should you do if someone is trying to seize your children? Um, Whatever you have to. That's, that's my answer. I, the, the, you want to talk about... At what point do at what point does um, principal go out the door? You, you don't allow your your children to be taken by hostile actors, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I wouldn't allow that either. I'm not going to sit there and perform some calculation about well, well, uh, do they have the legal authority under the proper division of power between the federal and state governments and according to the constitution? Now, if you're here to take my kid, bad stuff's going to happen. Yeah, I it's, mean, it's either happening absolutely. to me or it's happening to you, but it's happening to someone. Yeah, I mean, I can't just thinking about somebody trying to take M line for me gives me just just crippling anxiety. But you know, I, I'd kill somebody that tried to do that defensively. But it is defensively. It is defensively. People trying yeah. to take your children and forcibly inject them. That, yeah. I mean, it's kidnapping and assault. Well, exactly. in what other context would you say a parent is not justified in defending his child from kidnapping yeah. and assault? Mm-hmm. Yep. Exactly. This is medical kidnapping and medical assault, so it's all fine. MPD one two three blonde. The use of desiccated on Sunday to describe Afghanistan was applicable. <laughs> one of its meanings is lacking vitality or interest. Accidentally applicable, I clearly meant decimated. It's actually a word. Desiccated is yeah. Yeah, I didn't even know that. It means to uh to dry out thoroughly. Like if you desiccate your chicken, you've overcooked it to the point that it's a disaster. Hmm. No, it's a word. Yeah. L bimp or I bimp. I'm not sure which one it is. Uh, object- 
Here we go. 20 minutes. Fast. If you're listening on demand, fast forward 20 minutes because this one's yeah. about objective morality. Objective morality can only exist if the lives of people have intrinsic value. If we exist merely from the random mechanics of evolution, then why wouldn't an animal killing another animal be murder? I, I agree with this premise that the entire uh, foundation for a moral framework is that human beings have to have some inherent purpose or value. And, yep. uh, and if you remove that, I agree that there really isn't it's hard to argue why it's wrong for us to shoot each other in the back of the head because it's all just random mechanics. There's no intrinsic value there. If there's no intrinsic value there, who gives a shit? Yeah. Yep. So I agree with the premise. Um, And that's, you know, that's why I believe what I believe on the topic. I think it's very important to acknowledge the intrinsic value and, um, of human life and if you don't we uh we are definitely in somewhat of a chaos world so prepare for years i've been thinking you you were saying that we shouldn't value the intrinsic life of human beings you're saying we we should value it that it's important thank you for clarifying yes (laughs) just in case you've misunderstood five years i got it all wrong you know (laughs) no i um I, i i i I could come back to the question if there was more, but yeah, I mean, I agree. I agree with the premise. I don't know if he's questioning the premise or not, but. Uh, I don't think so. Uh, Will says as a fellow Shapiro battered wife, Matt, (laughs) I'm curious, what's your counter argument to the one presented by interventionists that quote, not intervening results in spaces being opened for terror to strike. Ah, well, um, as we've here's, here's the way I would respond to that. As we've just talked about with Afghanistan, it's hard to argue the the counterfactual. I mean, we are so involved in so many areas. If we remove ourselves from those areas, is the natural result um, either attack against us or some sort of uh, operation that is against our interest? It it might be that. And the other thing I'll say to that is, even if I grant that premise, I still need to have some kind of framework for where we intervene and where we don't. Because if we say that, we need to fill every possible power vacuum in the world where someone might, where otherwise someone might fill it and act against our interest. I don't see how we do that successfully without ignoring everything at home or extending ourselves way, way, way too far, both financially and physically with resources, people on the ground to create a good, uh, a good life at home. So yeah, yeah. we're going to have to define some standards by which we see foreign intervention as necessary, like some objective standards here, but they cannot be the ones that we've been adhering to all of these years. We've been making some serious mistakes. Yeah. I mean, I, I I don't think that it's insane to say that if we aren't in particular places that bad people will have an easier time operating. I I grant that premise. I, I think that's, there's probably truth to that. I just, I wonder how, uh, true the conclusion that they will naturally come attack us um, if we're not over there messing with them is, and I could be dead wrong on it. I'm not even saying that I, I could be 100% wrong. If we pull, if we get out of Afghanistan and five years from now, and there's some nine 11 that was plotted in Afghanistan, I guess I'll have to reconsider my uh, position, but as long as it is not Israel again, though. <laughs> Blonde speaks for herself on these topics. Um, I mean, I understand what you're saying. And the other thing is we need to decide if American exceptionalism is still, the standard in this country, hmm. uh, patriots still believe in American exceptionalism because I certainly don't. And in, in, in that case, then how could you justify any kind of, uh, paternalism abroad? 
I don't think mm. that you really can. Yeah. Like we can't be going into African nations and be like, here, it's, here's democracy. Here's blah, blah, blah. It's, you know, we don't have our own house in order. We have no right yeah. to do this empire. I, I think those are nonsense. two. Yeah, exactly. I'm glad you brought that up because there's two very crucial components. One is the, do we have the moral right to be doing this? The second piece is, is it practically effective? Does it produce the results that we want it to? I mean, again, you can say we haven't had terrorist attacks at home for quite some time, at least of the like foreign jihadi variety that we were uh, fighting. But that was all a farce anyway, though. I need to know Uh, what would have happened if we weren't doing that. How many attacks would have been here if we weren't as involved in Iraq or Afghanistan? I just I don't maybe know. none. Maybe none. Yeah, we, we don't we don't know. Yeah, it's disappointing. It's it's a difficult realization to be like, wow, people are going to be the way they're going to be. And as Americans, I think that we need to realize that. Well, especially when the way they're going to be is on the other side of the world from our own operation. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, the, the nature of Afghanistan is they're going to return to their middle aged status quo, whether or not we're we're involved in nation building there. And that's a difficult pill for Americans to swallow because we all believe that, you know, every heart in the world yearns for freedom, which is bullshit. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is Chris M. Hey, faggots. The need for workers seems to be pretty universal around North America right now. And this seems like it will only be aggravated by the number of people about to lose their jobs for not bowing to the jab police. Do you think this will help accelerate the separate but equal second classing of our society? And is it potentially a good thing? To have workplaces and shopping options that are filled with somewhat like-minded people, or do you think that a potential show of non-compliance will put a stop to a bunch of the bad policies? I actually am very hopeful uh, that we are going to be reduced to second-class citizens because then we can <laughs> congregate um, in, a, in a bit of a, a more organized fashion. It's like, oh, society hates you. Society hates me too. Let's start building some commerce. Blonde will be marching through Selma with a we shall overcome banner. Uh, yeah. the, the next the next civil rights era is going to be weird once they finish this Jim Crow 2 thing. It's on really vaccines. bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do I, I, I I'm thinking more on the economic end of this. It, it is a weird puzzle because on the one hand, businesses can't find enough workers. Everybody's trying to hire. Look at a sign. There's probably a sign in every single business in your town. Um, and, and all the big companies that operate across the country, same thing. And yet they're imposing these restrictions on people that make it more difficult for them or less likely that they're going to, that they're going to work at that place. I think the thinking on the part of a lot of these, um, more restrictive businesses is that they'll just get some kind of federal bailout that the Joe will hook them up with the cash cow that's been going on. And maybe that works like for, uh, your financial reporting this year. But does it work for 10 years, 20 years? How how long are you going to be able to count on the federal cash cow before the dollars that you're getting are worth nothing? Nothing. So I think that's the thinking that's in the head of a lot of the people who are like, I'll sacrifice our ability to hire people or even maintain our workforce if if it means that we look virtuous to the public yeah. and Joe yeah. and Congress will cut us a check for it. Yep. His glorious radiance says, uh, what dost thou think, Master Christians, and thank you, uh, that it <laughs> that it be not only one religion be true and all else be falsehood, but rather that all religion be falsehood without exception and each merely sustained by kernels of truth. I'm not enough of an austere religious scholar to tell you um, which particular faiths uh, or which particular doctrines are maybe the one true and all others are false or anything like that. 
All I know is that I think that there's a certain observable and objective way that the world works. Um, and it's possible that any of these, uh, it's, it's possible that any particular faith in my mind is right about the origin of those things. I don't, not well versed enough to know which one. Um, but is it okay? Rather, all religion are they all false without exception, and that each is merely sustained by kernels of truth? Well, if you're at like to the extent that the all religions are perpetuated by people, um, it's possible that they had a perfect origin and were the 100% perfect truth in their inception. But I think the the idea that there's one true faith propagated by people today is probably unlikely. It might have been based on a perfect truth at one point in time, but if people are telling the story, I think there's probably bound to be flaws in every single one of them. That's not to say that every single one is categorically false or something like that, but um, do I believe that any one person is going to tell you the absolute truth about the origin of the world and the basis of morality? Probably not, even if it's out there. Some people might be closer. It's a perfectly complex answer. Um, I just don't believe there's any, I don't believe there's any human being present on the earth, at least who's capable of articulating that truth with perfection. What about the word of Jesus Christ? Maybe he was savior. Maybe he was, but I'm saying even a a person like repeating his tenets, you're probably not going to do that with perfection. Yeah. There are a lot of different accounts and his spoken word. Maybe this is from Matt. A great name. Excellent name. Frankly, the best. The education secretary's use of civil rights to enforce the district mandates against Mm. state rights further shows how 14A and incorporation subverts states' rights. Should this Hitler sword be repealed, even if libertarians want enforcement of individual liberty? Even if libertarians want enforcement of individual liberty against state infringement. I'm going to read this again. This is a great question. This, I, I kind of touched on this a little bit today too with Bill de Blasio, the lawsuit against Bill de Blasio's uh, vaccine mandate in New York city. So incorporation is the idea that the Supreme court, the incorporation doctrine is, is what the Supreme court has operated on for the last century or so. It's the idea that through the 14th amendment, your federal uh, constitutional rights. The Bill of Rights apply to your state. So your right. Idaho can't censor you. Montana can't censor me, regardless right, of whether the federal they have... Bill of Rights is all encompassing. Exactly. And his question is uh, that is that is the Supreme Court has interpreted that through the Fourteenth Amendment. It's never explicitly written. Is that itself kind of judicial activism? Is that itself a subversion of what the proper relationship right. between the federal government and the states is? Um, I'm pretty sympathetic to that argument. It, but if your answer, but if the question is not, well, there's two different ways to think about that question. One is what is the proper legal interpretation of the Constitution? In that sense, I'm pretty sympathetic to the argument because it's not explicitly stated that the federal Constitution is supposed to apply to the states. It so is. You be, it's explicitly stated. No, it's not. It, it no was, state it, shall make or enforce any law which shall abridge the privileges or immunities of citizens of the United States. All persons born and naturalized in the United States and subject to the jurisdiction thereof are citizens of the United States where they reside. Yeah, this is this is pretty specific. No, it's been it's been interpreted by the court through through the fourteenth. But you can argue too, was the fourteenth a betrayal of the original structure? With states' rights uh, yeah. being of the utmost importance. The point I'm trying to get at is there's a question on what the proper legal interpretation is, which is a debate in itself. 
there's also a question on what the arrangement should be and Mm. on what the arrangement should be. uh, Do you want to have a country without any shared values whatsoever? That's that's true. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really the other side of this that makes me a little bit nervous. If you don't have any baseline membership to the club, what do you really have in common and why do you share a country at all? It's collective defense, I guess. But, but why the do federal you... nature of the, the 14th Amendment hasn't um, prevented states from taking unilateral cultural action. So wouldn't we be better off if, um, if the states were able to overrule federal law in a lot of ways? You can make the argument. Um, if I was designing a country, if I was doing it today, starting from scratch, I would probably want some baseline levels of membership to the club. Very yeah. limited, but things that, that governments won't do in this particular club. But how do you um, make sure that the citizens adhere to that? That's the real question, isn't it? You can't. There's no, there's no actual way to do that. Yeah, they have to want to. You know, the they have way. to want to. Yeah. I don't know. I, I see where both of these people are. It's, it's, both of these uh, people, you and the, the, the <laughs> other Matt. And the other Matt. It's a very... The thing is, you can make a, a very pro-liberty argument from both sides of it. Yeah. So that's why it's kind of interesting. This one is very interesting to to get into. And I'm not totally sure where I stand on decisively. I, I have to... <laughs> I have to be the fence rider meme for now. I just haven't, I haven't thought through this one to my own satisfaction to tell you definitively what I think about how this ought to work. I'm seeing a lot um, of interesting comments in the lecture. The constitution itself is a betrayal of the original structure of the, of the nation. That's that also may hmm. be true. We've never, we've never really entertained that. That's what legal man thinks. Um, hmm. Isn't it, uh, isn't it an affront to the nature of democracy? I know we're a constitutional republic, you guys, but is yeah. but if we are democratic, democratically minded people, isn't the concept of a constitution that I didn't agree to, that you didn't agree to, isn't that an affront to democracy? Well, um, if the idea that every is everybody going to agree to the arrangement of government individually, I mean, I don't know how you achieve that in any practical sense. Then why do we need to have anything in common with other states? Um, the only reason I can give is collective defense. You're, you're stronger to defend yourself in the international setting. But if you don't have anything in common, then like, why do you want to be collectively defended? If, if the other states suck and hate you, why do I care? If, like, why should I want to be collectively defended with them if yeah, they hate me? Exactly. So the Constitution uh, was a stupid, idealistic cope. And never uh, should have been written. And we all should be living in individual states where we can uphold our, our tenants and there should be we should abolish the federal government. Blamo. Done. Well, the the early thinking, the Articles of Confederation were closer to that. And the Constitution itself is closer to that than it exists today. Mm-hmm. Um, we, you know, again, here's another shocker for you, Blonde. I think it's us who's betrayed the Constitution, not the Constitution that's betrayed us. Well, I don't know. I mean, I hot take. I you've never heard from me before. This. I didn't sign up but, for any of this shit. And democracy is stupid. It's uh, stupid. Well, I agree. I, I don't democracy want all is the people in this country to have power. Why? Why would I want that? I'm surrounded by retards. Well, you want them to have power in their own localized autonomous setting. That's the yeah, idea. Great, but it's, it's, yeah, instead yeah. we've we've decided that if 51 percent of people in this gigantic continent will it, then it is so, which is not, in fact, the design of the country. The, the, democracy suck 
uh, democracies suck or democracy sucks is that was the view of the founding fathers too. That's what they tried to protect against. Yeah. But here we are. I guess there's no good way. Um, Catholic monarchy win. Uh, <laughs> McMonahan, right. hello, my fellow white people. How quickly would society collapse if all taxation became completely voluntary? How much would you choose to pay and for which services? Um, I don't think society would collapse in the absence of taxation. It is theft. What would I pay? I would pay for maintenance of local roads and testing water treatment facilities and local militia that's it uh i don't yeah i don't think society would collapse i think what would collapse is the federal government would collapse yeah. but i don't define society hilarious. as the federal government <laughs> yeah. i think i think the biggest impediment to society is probably the federal, federal government, government yeah. um, how much would you choose to pay into which services um if i if i could cut a deal right now with the feds that said you still have the same tax burden, but you at least get to support charities of your choice or wherever they may be. At least I get to vet those charities. Mm-hmm. At least I can say, here's good work that they do. I can see they have open books. I can see they're putting this much money to their mission. I would do that 100%. And I would I would love to do that in more local setting. If, if I can take care of people who need help in Bozeman with the money that I am obligated to pay according to federal law, at least there's some accountability there too. One, I get to see the positive effects of what my money has gone to do or the True. negative effects. I can evaluate it much more easily. And two, the people who benefit know who it's coming from. There's some accountability exactly, there. There's yeah. some indebtedness there. And and I think that keeps uh, your community much more tightly knit. So I, I agree. Yeah. Could I make the daily stormer mandatory reading in local public schools? <laughs> there's if, your yes, education philosophy. 50%. Of how, my, how much of would my... you choose to pay and and to which services? Well, it's hard for me to put a, a specific number on it. Um, yeah. If I but if I if I paid the total tax burden that I have right now and had more choice and and more local option in doing it, I would 100 percent take that deal. I take that deal. So would I. Yeah. Matt and Biden made love. Does unregulated capitalism ultimately lead to socialism? I think there's an argument to be made there. Uh, I'm not sure I follow. Can you explain it to me? Well, capitalism disillusions society and erodes culture and then people naturally come back around to community building and Mm -hmm. high trust society leads to not always but does lead to an element of socialism that's not how it happens in most countries most countries the government mandates socialism so they can aggregate power however it can go the other way where capitalism disillusions people it breaks apart societies uh, families are estranged and then there's a movement towards <clears throat> local community building investing in has this true socialism business. ever been tried <laughs> i don't know i mean <laughs> i'm not an advocate of socialism but we have seen some social programs uh, yeah. work in small homogenous like racially and culturally homogenous societies before immigration <laughs> I, I would agree that capitalism like anything um needs regulation of sorts but regulation by whom or regulation mm. of what yeah, that's the and, thing and the right. question to me um it's regulated by a proper moral core it, it your labor and your property you have the rights to those things and i don't think anybody should be telling you what to do with them because they don't they're not the owner of that labor or that property however everyone should consider the question um what wouldn't you do for money 
Yeah. You know, everybody probably has a list of things. I wouldn't do that for money. Why? Because I have a moral core that that tells me that not engaging in this sort of behavior is is more worthwhile to uphold than selling that out for cash. And if if people of proper moral core have their own moral limitations on what they'll do for money, I don't think there's any moral problem with capitalism. In fact, I think capitalism is the moral, the morally the, square exactly, system. Yeah. Yeah. So. I, do I want government coming in? And, when I say I want capitalism regulated, it's not by government coming in and, and imposing all sorts of rules X, Y, and Z on it. It's by people who have a proper moral structure in themselves where they know what they won't do for money. They yeah, have exactly. higher and moral priorities. What we have right now in this country is not unregulated capitalism. It's crony capitalism. Yeah. And in my example of socialism, it wouldn't really be socialism because it's not government enforced. And so in a situation where you volunteer – uh, you consent to living in a society where's there's where there's some element of communal wealth. Like you have chosen that the government hasn't chosen it for you, and you could leave said society and move somewhere else in the country. So it's not truly socialism in the true sense of the word. Hmm. All right, we have a lot to go, and Matt's we're at, we are woke on the clock, trans. so we'll be quick. Ex-wife from another life. Would either of you ever consider moving to another planet or space station if we had the technology to make space space colonization feasible, assuming the majority of your life would be spent in self-contained habitats of some form? Fuck no. Fuck no. It doesn't interest me either. There's enough to explore and uh, try to understand about this world, in my mind. So mm -hmm. I, I'm content sticking here. That is until maybe... The new world order ruins it. I, <laughs> yeah, really. I might need a refuge somewhere else, but we're not quite there yet. <laughs> That's different. Yeah. Uh, Sarah Bostein says, hi, Matt and Blonde. The vaccine narrative seems to be shifting with the legacy. Always interesting how the narrative across all institutions coalesce and move at the same time. Note this article from Bloomberg. Bloomberg the vaccinated are worried and scientists don't have answers. What are your predictions for where this is all going? Do you think employers are just going to replace us with overseas contract workers if we resist? Can, how, should we resist the movement toward more central control of our lives? Uh, yes and yes. I think that we should do everything that we can to um, be as autonomous as we can and to congregate with uh, other people that are like-minded. Employers are probably going to replace us, which has already been happening. And the predictions for where all this is going, it's going to be mandated mandated in all places, public and private. None of us are going to be able to um, get conventional jobs ever again. We're going to have to move to communities where people are unvaccinated. I, I, I it sounds so um, pessimistic and cynical, but I, I, I can't pretend that I see a drastically different outcome in this. And we had that long conversation last week about. What sacrifices do you make for the protection of your family? And, and I do think those are important things. And I, um, I I don't have dispute with people who are making that own, their own calculation in their mind uh, right now and deciding to make certain sacrifices to protect their family. But on the other side of this, the point that you're making that if we just keep complying, thinking that it's going to go away, um, it's not. Uh, we Maybe – this idea that if we just give them this little inch here or there that they'll finally say, okay, that's enough and we're going to go back to they normal society, will, yeah. that's kind of, a, it's kind of a pipe dream. So it's uncomfortable to take that risk today. I know that nobody's eager to do it, and I certainly wouldn't be either, but we have to ask ourselves, is that risk actually avoidable? Or is the yeah. trajectory that we're on, does it force us to confront that reality sooner or later? 
I don't see this going any other way. I, I don't think Neither that I. suddenly the powers that be are going to say, that's enough of this vaccine nonsense. We're going to move back to regular life now. These people love the power. They're drunk on it, man. They'll never exactly. give it up until it's taken yep. from them. Yep. And that's what I, we're going to have to do. I'd rather yeah. be speaking German, says, correct me if I'm wrong, Matt, but I take oh, you as someone. Oh, you skipped the one above that. Oh, sorry. I scrolled down too far. We'll get to that one next. Sorry. Um, I hate everyone equally. If the. If. If the un is it unvaccinated or unconceived? Unconceived. Oh, if the unconceived. Okay, like as in a person who is okay. If the unconceived cannot consent to being conceived, is it moral to have children? Holy cow! Well, okay. Well, there's no opportunity for consent because because the person doesn't exist yet. It's not like you're choosing not to allow them to consent. Um, and yeah, it's I, our moral and Christian duty to to propagate our species. I uh, yeah, it's not a if there's no person, there's no consent or non-consent. Consent right. is just absent as a concept. Yeah. Um, but if your if your moral structure is consent must be given affirmatively for any action that impacts another person, well, you've impacted another person by creating him or her without the consent of him or her. So uh, it is kind I think of you've a, gone too deep on this one. I <laughs> that, that one is uh, a real, uh, I feel like I got to stick my finger all the way up my nose and really scratch my brain to get at that one. He's going to uh, be laying in bed tonight. Like, ah, oh. yeah. The <laughs> Ping. Maybe we shouldn't have done this. I, it was it terminate immoral. this clump of cells immediately. Yeah. Uh, uh, some states they'll still let us do that. Not this oh one. Oh my though. gosh. We that's yeah. so crazy. She's about to pop. Um, I'd rather be speaking German. Correct me if I'm wrong, Matt, but I take you to be someone who highly values the idea of consent of the governed. Mm. If so, would you agree that God is the biggest violator of this principle, having created and ruling over us like some cosmic fatherly dictator without having given <laughs> us a say in whether or not we ever wanted to be his subjects? If heaven or hell are my only options, I'd rather have gone uncreated. I find neither option appealing. That's funny. I wonder if this person is the same person that asked the previous question. Maybe. Um, I, I, it's hard for me to answer that in the kind of traditional scripture sense, you know, I'm not the greatest, uh, <laughs> expert on God, the, uh, cosmic fatherly dictator, but the way that I think of the concept of God is, is what gave rise to the structures and order that we can observe in the world. Is that uh, a man in robes and a big beard up there pulling strings or is that some other natural force? I don't know what that is, yeah. but I just don't, I, I don't view God as a, as a dictator. Like I don't view the origin of those rules as some kind of dictator. I think that we operate freely within the confines of those rules and it's up to, it's up to us to navigate them um, morally and, and with purpose and all of those things. So does he govern us? Well, I guess if, only insofar as the natural laws of the world govern us. But um, the interesting thing, here's another brain scratcher. Would it be better if we just lived in a pure chaos world without any law whatsoever? And I don't mean law like you can't kill people. I mean like no law of gravity. There's no natural law. There's no natural order to the world. It's too late in the day for me. To think about <laughs> I'll take a little bit of dictating if I at least have like some structure to navigate. I don't. I, think, I, I don't think I'm it's a glad crazy. I don't have to answer that question. <laughs> I don't think it's a crazy question. I just don't conceptualize the natural order of the world really as uh, as dictated. They're they're just kind of structures that we navigate, but we do so freely. Maybe maybe I've conceptualized it wrong. Or maybe you're onto something. 
Rick says, how do I know that the administration doesn't anticipate disaster in the Afghan withdrawal, let alone price it in? Do you think Kamala Harris, currently hiding in a rice paddy somewhere in Southeast Asia, would have put her fingerprints all over this bragging to CNN two months ago about being the last person in the room with Biden during policy discussions if you thought for a moment that this might all go sideways? Everybody's acting like the left is so incompetent. I just, I, I don't know that they're that incompetent. I think they're governed by malice. They have a complete lack of a moral core and they don't give a fuck what the people think about them. Hmm. So in that way, are they incompetent or do they just do what they want to do? And everybody's kind of like, that's fine because they're so deeply indoctrinated. They don't have to be competent if they are uh, super evil and they have uh, propagandized the people. Hmm. Uh, Kamala Harris puts her fingerprints all over all sorts of failures though. And she's like the classic example of failing upward. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, it's I, it's definitely possible that they they priced all this in, but I I wouldn't give. When it comes to like devious planning, I don't think of Kamala Harris. I think she's actually I do buy her as a mostly incompetent actor. But then again, why does it appear that all of this plan is to install her as the most diverse president in the history of the country? What what is that about? Maybe there's more plotting behind her than I give it credit for. I don't know. I think she's satanic. Sid hmm. says, Blonde recently discounted the notion of homeschooling being anything other than parental instruction. Is there no merit to the insight of Marcus Aurelius that tutoring and instruction are something to spend lavishly on? Surely a good instructor is of, is of some merit if they aren't paused. That's a mischaracterization of what I said. Once my kid gets to like geometry, I'm worthless. I, I'm going to be <laughs> I'm going to be worthless. I am going to absolutely have to outsource um, in a lot of ways, other my, otherwise she's not going to get the kind of education that I want her to get. Hmm. So definitely, I think, you know, it's, it's really important. The thing is you have to be a helicopter parent and make sure that they're not indoctrinating your children with any horse shit. Do you have anything to opine about that? No. And the question was for you. So I'll, oh. in the interest of time, I will, uh, I'll leave it at that. I'm just a faster reader than you are, so I'm just going to keep blowing through these. Okay, sure. Okay with you. Man of the North. Uh, the left has set the precedent of my body, my choice. If a fetus can't survive outside the womb on its own, then it's fine if the mother chooses to end the pregnancy. Couldn't this standard be applied to vaccines? If someone else who gets vaccinated can't survive without me getting... Wait, wait. If someone else who gets vaccinated can't survive without me getting vaccinated, don't I have the choice to not contribute to continuing their life? When it places demands on my body. I, yeah, there are a lot of really good arguments to not getting vaccinated. But once again, you're trying the emotion key. Wait, you're trying the, the reason key on the emotion door. These people yeah. aren't going to listen to any arguments. It doesn't matter how credible they are. They don't give a fuck about the science or the data or statistics. None of this matters. They're emotionally attached and they think that you are killing granny. Uh, there, there's no getting through to them. Give up on that idea. Right now, it's just about civil disobedience. There's probably a lot of truth to that. I do find the comparisons to abortion to be really interesting. They are. Um, interesting. Or the, the, the applied reasoning, taking the reasoning that's usually used from those people on abortion and applying it to vaccines. Robert Barnes was tweeting about this the other night. I, I thought it was interesting. He, he phrased it really well, and I can't give full, I won't be able to phrase it as well as he did. But he was just trying to flesh out the idea of believing in bodily autonomy to such a, a purist extent as they claim to that you believe you have the right to to end the life of someone else's body in the abortion mm -hmm. context, but also believing that that right to bodily autonomy is so meaningless or so fragile that it can be violated with a forcible stab and the injection of a, a foreign material. 
Right. It's just to such a, maintain the integrity of of someone else's bodily autonomy. Right. Which it, is it's such an yeah. incoherent philosophy. And right. usually the when I've seen these arguments being fleshed out on social media, people cla- uh, the, the 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 left hypocrisy on this is usually met by by some sort of accusation of conservative or right wing or otherwise pro life hypocrisy that oh you're willing to protect the life in the womb but you won't protect everybody else with the vaccine. Well, I don't think that that's necessarily hypocritical, but even if it was, it doesn't excuse the glaring hypocrisy of the alleged pro-choice bodily autonomy team. Like, just because someone else is hypocritical doesn't mean that you aren't incoherently hypocritical, and that still needs to be explained. Mm -hmm. They never do. They just kind of deflect it. Yeah, that's definitely true. Um, Force Ghost Roger Moore says a meteorite is five minutes away from wiping out all life on Earth. Fortunately, you have a device to instantly teleport everyone, including infrastructure, to a parallel universe in which Earth is unoccupied by humans. Unfortunately, the device doesn't have enough battery power to save <laughs> everyone. You can program the device to select people by any characteristic you like. Who do you save and leave behind if there's only enough battery to save? 10%, 50% or 90% of the world's population. I mean, what am I supposed to do about that? I got to save Christians. Ooh, yeah. Well, you have to choose on characteristic. Um, well, I, does, oh does, does sex count as a characteristic? Cause you're going to need enough men and women to keep the place sane. Oh yeah. I forgot about the logical thing. Um, I would, I would select on intelligence, but also the proper gender distribution. You'd have to select based on fertility. Well, that, that's a consideration, too. In fact, that was the thing at the end of uh, this is like the situation at the end of um, Dr. Strangelove, where they're strategizing about how to <laughs> yeah. like yeah. breed appropriately after the nuclear apocalypse. Yeah. You, you, I think a lot of my decisions would be based on reproductive strategy, because yeah. if you yeah. don't maintain a proper relationship between men and women and have a reproductive strategy, all of it is yeah, kind of totally for screwed. a waste anyway. Like, why? what are you saving if everyone dies? Oh, that is the ultimate eugenic question. I wish we could talk about this for 20 minutes, but we mm. have to. All play. right. So only the most uh, shapely, voluptuous, fertile women and the smartest dudes. That's okay. my answer. And it's got to be a funny. roughly 50-50 distribution. Otherwise, there's going to be too many fights. Yeah. And then maybe some elders. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Hoag says, hey, Blonde, my girlfriend and I are having a baby. Why is she your girlfriend? Hmm. My girlfriend seems to be set on using the BabyWise program. Is this a good idea? It sounds like a lot of scheduling. Uh, I had to Google this because I don't know what the hell that is. And I, I don't know. I mean, if you want to have your kid in a rigid schedule, that's fine. But your kid kind of just like adheres to whatever schedule they eat when they're hungry and they sleep when they're tired and Sometimes scheduling just makes parenting more stressful. Just go with the flow. Go with the flow of parenting. Everybody stop reading shit. Just be intuitive parents. It's not hard. Retards do it all the time. Literal retards. That's true. Um, and marry your girlfriend. I don't want to hear. Why do I hear this all the time from our audience? My girlfriend and I are having boo, 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 boo. You've already <laughs> committed. Just get married. It's too late. You're already tied to one another intrinsically for the rest of your lives. Stop worrying about your man finances or whether or not she's going to be a good wife and mother because she's already bearing your child. Put a ring on it. Jeez. Congratulations. All the best. Yeah, that too. Um, <laughs> Colonel Angus, uh, with intelligence clearly not being the strong suit of our past presidents for as long as I can remember, I'm thinking leadership is a far more important characteristic to have for the leader of the free world. What characteristic do you think is the single most important 
for our future president. Um, they have to have, uh, Ooh, how do I say this without, why don't you answer? And I'll think of a way to say this. How, how would, what would you call the trait of treating people like adults or the trait of respecting the rights of people? Maybe I would categorize this as courage as in the courage to stick to commitments, to principle, to the rights of the people, even when it is massively unpopular and you have people screaming at you, you have to do something. We need to do something. No, sometimes you don't need to do something. You need to just respect the rights of people to run their own lives. So uh, trust, how would I, it's trust like some combination of trust, courage, um, those sorts of things. You don't have to be a, a, a you don't have to be a crazy, intelligent person to protect the rights of everybody else in society, including, including those way more talented and intelligent than you are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know how to, I don't know how to box that up into one trait, but you get the kind of the characteristic I'm describing. Yeah. I think that's a good answer. Um, I think realism about the, about group characteristics. Hmm. <laughs> you want a guy who's really good at drawing bell curves. So good at drawing bell curves. <laughs> the the I, I normalist say, distribution you've ever like seen. Like America first, but this this Trumpian America first uh, puts a lot of priority on people that I would not classify as being Americans, although they nominally are. <laughs> okay. All right. Incompetent hands. Hey, Matt and Blonde, have either of you ever had prophetic dreams? I had one recently and it was pretty surreal when it came true. Not a huge believer in the beyond. Hmm. But if you have no experience, what's your most insane coincidence story? By the way, I wrote a version of this email two weeks ago and scrapped it. And then, quite frankly, did a show about synchronicity. So figured I'd give it a go. Um, No, my dreams are always like I'm being chased by a serial killer or... I'm pregnant and I give birth to a beagle or like anxiety it, dreams. You're talking they're about always anxiety dreams huh. or like, um, I'm doing cocaine and I'm pregnant or something, you know, hmm. just like the stuff where I'm horrible anxiety dreams. Yeah. I don't necessarily have prophecies. Uh, but as I, as I talked about last winter, it wasn't a dream like in my sleep, but I just intuitively knew that my wife was pregnant somehow. At like the moment it, I just knew it just happened. I yeah, told her she were... was, she took, but it, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't, <laughs> I just, I, what I just knew, I just knew somehow intrinsically mm-hmm. that was a sort of a dreamlike or prophetic experience. I do have, um, frequent, extremely real dreams about my brother, maybe, I don't know, really? every other month or yeah, a handful of times a year. Is he every, older or is, is he? His no, he's, ex, he's exactly how he was when he was 23, which is kind of how he's locked in my brain. Is he talking you know? to you about current events? Yeah, like current things that are happening in my, in my life or like um, as though or as just as though he's part of my life today. But what's weird in the dreams is that I don't seem to find any surprise in that. Like I've never had a dream where I'm like, holy shit, where have you been? It's just kind of like he's there and he's always been there and there's nothing weird yeah. about it. It's just hey, like, what's up, dude? Yeah. yeah. And, and it's always very realistic visually, 
But the content of the conversation sort of escapes me. I mean, I know it's generally about like, oh, well, we're doing this or it's almost like visiting an old friend. Anxiety inducing or reassuring. No, totally calm. Like like as though so calm that as I as um, as I was saying, it's so calm that I don't even realize in the dream how bizarre that situation is. It doesn't feel But do you wake up and feel like like you're reconnected with Wade? Oh, no, it's like totally thrown me for a loop sometimes because it's so real and normal feeling that I almost forget what reality is like. And then you wake up and it's like, okay, that right. This is reality. I haven't talked to this person in eight years, but it's as though, yeah, it's as though eight years was yesterday. Those aren't prophecy dreams, but they're extremely realistic. And they're about, you know, current things that are important in my life, not stressful, oh, not really interesting. worrying, totally calm. And just like, do you wake up and, the way and you're sad? Um, no, I wouldn't say sad. It's just like a harsh, like a harsh return to reality. Like a, whoa, I hope you have those every other month for the rest of your life then. Well, it is, uh, you know, sometimes I wonder, I'm not a spiritual person, but they're, they're, they're very, very, they're the most realistic dreams that I have. They, they're like seared into my brain. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Maybe he's connecting with you spiritually. Who knows? I I don't know. I mean, I kind of like to believe that stuff. I don't have any. Yeah, like real world evidence basis to believe that other than it's obviously a part of my life and it's something that exists in the deep depths of my brain and it manifests itself that way. I don't know. Maybe it's pure biology or maybe there is some spiritual component, but they happen to me all the time. So and maybe my beagle birth means that I want to get another dog. (laughs) Yeah, maybe apocalypse soonish. Can, an aside, can a society establish norms if we're not allowed to speak disparagingly about things that go against these norms in the simple use of slurs? Um, for example, if they, use, if they value the nuclear family and normal man-woman relations, they need to be able to openly vilify that which goes against it and therefore use the word faggot or dyke instead of gay lesbian. It might seem distasteful, but I don't think it's a coincidence that the dissolving of all societal norms over recent decades has happened at the same time as it became taboo to say faggot, n-word, k-word, etc. <laughs> Is being rude or even degrading the price that must be paid to maintain a coherent society? Um, or even degrading comma. Uh, I love this question because although people think that I am totally unfiltered, um, and there's no method to my madness, I especially say faggot all the time because I think it's important (laughs) that we, um, that some people still operate on the edges of language Mm. so that the Overton window doesn't shift so much that we lose the ability to insult or cause offense to other people. Like yeah. we need more people like me that are abrasive and, and rude and offensive so that as a culture, as a people, we can harden ourselves uh, emotionally to some of these things. Like, like I, I'm, I watch um, leftist Gen Z TikToks now. And like, there are people alive right now that if you called she's a lesbian. And if you called her like a stupid dyke, it would like ruin her life. We, we can't be like that. We, we need to harden ourselves. You know, we, people were dying in trench warfare a century, a century ago. And we're like, Oh, you called me a dyke. It's like, who cares? <laughs> What's wrong with you? That is very well stated. And I share that philosophy a hundred percent. And, um, I, I agree with everything you just said. I think another important lesson related to that 
and a harsh reality about the world is just that there's X percent of the population that doesn't like you and doesn't respect you for any number of reasons. No, yeah, for, or, yeah, for and, no reason at all. And you have to kind of be okay with that. That doesn't mean that yeah. they get to come to your house and call you a faggot <laughs> like or harass you or threaten you. But I'm saying like somehow we've become so soft that if someone merely disrespects you in passing, it's not just a cause for like two guys to have a fist fight. It's like an emotionally crushing thing where your whole life gets flipped upside down. We do need to reacquaint ourselves with that, uh, with the reality that words shouldn't hurt us in the way you're describing sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That's a crucial lesson to learn. The other lesson to learn is like, some people just don't like you in the same way. I just don't, I might see you at the store and think you're, I don't know, your skinny jeans and your haircut are stupid. Like who cares? Cause you look like a faggot, right? It doesn't matter. You don't necessarily have. How do I want to phrase this? Like, it's 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 good to be polite and respectful, I suppose. But you don't necessarily have an entitlement to the. I guess the way I would say it is, we've we've come to believe that we have an entitlement to the viewpoints of other people. Well, I think that the, the next generation they feel entitled to external validation. Yeah, yeah, maybe it, that's it. And that's really damaging because they don't have a sense. Uh, an autonomous sense of self-esteem. It's totally dependent on being validated by like all this weird gender binary, like yeah. I'm so unique horseshit. You know, used to who used to provide the the validation and the security was the family. That yeah. that's where we went for those things. Now it's how many likes did I get on my weird, stupid yeah, TikTok video? Exactly. Not sustainable, yeah. not healthy. Yep. Uh, David says, Hey guys, I wanted both of your opinions on something I heard about recently. So with the transgender and non-binary stuff, there's the issue of compelled speech with unnatural pronouns. But I heard of the only reasonable gender fluid identity out there where someone wears what they want, simply don't care, uh, what they're called or what pronouns other people use. They aren't following societal norms, but there's no walking on eggshells or denying reality. Just some androgynous chick or dude living their best life. Thought, yeah, that person, uh, Fine, whatever. I I will call them whatever they appear to be to me. And as long as they aren't going to get offended by it, I really don't give a shit. Uh, There's no compelled speech there, so I don't care. Compelled speech is the biggest worry in all of that. You certainly don't have a right to control the words that other people are using. Obviously, if we keep going down this this sort of gender bending route, even if we're not compelling speech to describe it, it still has implications in that it's probably – deteriorating to family integrity but um it's not the same people out there engaging in degenerate behavior on their own behalf may have its own problems and i'm not denying those it's a it's a compounded problem when they force me to describe it a certain way and also cheer in the street whenever i see them or participate in the parades or something like that so god it's just a reminder of how far down how far this slope has been slipped in only a couple decades time slipped out the wazoo stuck in liberal land. Do you see the value in running in an election just to get facts and arguments out to normies who might otherwise remain ignorant? Um, Mm. yeah. Okay. I can get behind that. I think so. I think the Larry Um, Elder thing is great. That's, that's going pretty well. Um, think of, I don't know. I mean, even if you're not going to win, it doesn't mean that you don't shake up, uh, the public conscience and public understanding on particular issues. And it also doesn't mean that you don't shift candidates in any one particular way. Bernie Sanders was almost the the nominee twice. Yeah. Yeah. And look how much he moved the party as sort of a, an outsider, theoretical, like no chance sort of 
quasi third party guy. And he, he, for whatever you think of Bernie, he's held a lot of the same positions over a period of time and he's really moved an entire party in his direction. Yeah. So it's hard for me to say there's no value in it. It's just don't expect to see immediate results. You got to yep. be in it for the long game. Yep. This one just came to my email, but it's the last one. Testosterone decline in personal action. Uh, you've mentioned in the past that male testosterone levels have been on the decline in the West for decades, but not in the third world. What actions can an individual take to keep their testosterone from going down through natural means? Edward Dutton um, has excellent commentary on this. I know that the right uh, is heavily focused on endocrine disruptors, and I think that there is some value to um, avoiding endocrine disruptors to increase your testosterone. But in third world countries that use the worst, most disgusting plastics all the time, we are not seeing the same kind of erosion of testosterone that Mm. we've seen over the last, I think it's 50 years, we've seen a 51% decline in sperm counts in men in the West. So I think that while some of this is endocrine disruptors, I think a lot of it is dietary. Um, Because even people in Africa are generally eating a, a healthy, they're not eating all these fucking processed foods, they still have a diet high in meat and in protein. So if you really want to keep your testosterone high, uh, do avoid some endocrine disruptors. You want to stop drinking beer. I, I, I don't know how this is even possible, but, uh, drink truly drink. I don't know how drinking white claw is going to make you less (laughs) of a faggot. I swear to God, hops are highly estrogenic. They're highly estrogenic. I don't know what Mm. to tell you. Uh, so I guess even in like a limited quantity, is it bad, uh, if in a restrained, I'm sure uh, like all things in moderation, it's fine, but it is yeah. highly estrogenic. Mm. Um, I would get a water filter, uh, a reverse osmosis filter. If you're worried about it, I would avoid, I would avoid plastics, although I don't think it really contributes that much. Um, and then I would, um, join something that's going to be highly competitive physically. So team sports, I guess. <laughs> I guess um, you want to be doing stuff where you're getting your ass kicked and it's inducing some kind of, kind of survival instinct in you. Mm, yeah. And that should help. And All lift, right. lift weights. All right. Thank you for the questions tonight, guys. I appreciate it. We are, uh, we got a little bit of chat to get through, but do you have time? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Over on uh, Tippy Stream, Dell. Our friend Dell the Redneck says, boy, it's hard to get through the show these, uh, get to the show these days, but I'm, I'm trying I ain't surprised neither. In fact, I get an email every day asking, do you want to know the best, what the best show on YouTube is? And my reply is always the same. It's yours, Matt. Well, thank you. And um, uh, we, we wish you better luck next time. Of course, it's always delightful to hear the uh, happenings of Dell and Maud and the rest of the gang. So all the best to you guys. Helicopter pilot says, Matt, um, are you and the missus able to give birth at the hospital without getting injected? Uh, what about the the baby? By the way, I agree with the caller who praised homeschooling. I homeschooled my kids, and I guarantee that you won't regret it. Have fun. Um, as far as I understand, yeah. I mean, they keep they keep uh, they keep saying there there are hints here and there that that, that we're going to have to wear masks or something. And our strategy is, uh, yeah, no. sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, that sounds good. Because I don't believe that they're actually going to force masks on a woman in labor or a, her, or her oh, husband. God. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. But I've not heard any talk of forcible injection. If there's talk of forcible injection, um, well, I, I mean, I would say they're going to have to deal with me. They're probably going to have to deal with my wife more <laughs> in that situation. So no talk of that just yet. Um, thank you for 
the support for the show as well. Appreciate that. We love you. You're very special. I plenty of that shit on her. Kim, no, I don't think they're going to try that. Kim also says uh, it's probably, it, well, it might be illegal in this state anyway. I don't know. We're not doing any oh, kind yeah. of vaccine. Some mandate. good things have been happening. Can't do it for em- employment related reasons, but the governor in our state has stood strong against vaccine mandates generally. I can't imagine a situation in which they would be legally authorized to force the vaccine on her. But who knows? We've slipped a lot of slopes in the last uh, few months and last year or so. So we'll see. Kim says, don't. Uh, oh. Uh, thank you for supporting the uh, the show. That's all she said. She asked me not to read on the, ah. on the show, so appreciate it. But uh, thank you kindly as well, Kim. Very generous. We love you. You're very special. We're good over on Tippy Stream. So you're you're good. Did you get them all? Yeah. Um, shit. That was not the last person. I have. Uh, let's see. We're good on D Live. Lazarus the Rob Rex. Bob over on Trovo. Thank you. And then we just got YouTube. Lazarus Rex. So it occurred to me that 2020 could be known as the year without smiles, an entire year without smiles. And people are clamoring for a sequel. Yes. The lulling masses. I get so irritated just walking around and seeing everyone's angry NPC eyebrows over their mask. Like I just, I'm not, I'm not the most talk to people at the store, like sociable guy. But I just, I hate seeing stupid masked faces. I want to see people like greeting each other, shaking hands, smiling. You don't don't say anything to people. Um, I'm, I'm not that guy. I'm not like social butterfly guy, but I'm so annoyed how anti social. No, I mean, you don't, you don't say anything to people wearing masks. Oh, I don't harass them. No, I've not reached that stage. Oh, you should get there. It's really fun. (laughs) Maybe I will. Yeah. I yell at people from my car a lot. Um, Pip Chat Noir says, remain in Christ, blonde prayers from a fellow believer. When did you become Christian? I didn't think you were, but maybe <laughs> I'll, I'm listening to too much Matt. Um, I was baptized when I was 13 in the Catholic church and I went to church, I don't know, for like four or five years. And then I returned to the faith probably three years ago. Long Don John, uh, time to ruin blonde's day. Uh, have you guys seen the 11 or 12 year old getting soaked? Head to toe and pepper spray at the Melbourne lockdown protest last weekend. Between that and the rescue dogs getting shot, I'm increasingly sickened by the lows, um, by the laws. Will my once great country stoop to, oh, mm. lows, uh, that my once great country will stoop to for the sake of eliminating the Rona? Yes. I'd be so happy if uh, the revolutionary spirit of the people was roused because of a dog assassination. <laughs> Crocodile Dundee and the yeah. ghost of Kill Steve Irwin combine. Totally. And they, they raise oh. a rebel army to, uh, you know, make Australia great again. Yeah. Uh, hypothetically, Susan, I would never advocate that they do that. But same thing. Australia was like in American culture. Australia is like, you know, rough men being tough yeah. guys. Now it's like pussified beyond recognition. Not the dogs. Yeah. Dragons are better. Uh, hi there, blonde. You're looking as lovely as always. Matt, you should read The Poetic Edda by Jackson Crawford. Lots of good Norse folklore, hmm. including the Havamal, the Council of Odin. Did I say that correctly? I, don't I think so. You know, I, I, it's not uh, not an area of expertise for me, but I have general interest in it, like I said, so I'll have to check it out. Uh, Andrew says, hi, criminology major here. We have a long since disproven that criminality. Ah, what just happened? Hmm. Um, that criminality is an inherited trait. What has been shown to have more of an impact than genetics is group association. A lot to say, no money. I mm. think you're probably 
write about that, but how can you differentiate between group association and genetic component? Yeah, it would be assuming there is a genetic component, right? Like you, there you, definitely is a genetic. Well, no, I'm saying like if you, gene? if you ha- if you if you take two people who share who if you take two people who are in a family, or even one is right, the right. offspring of the other, they have both association and heredity. So yeah. how do you separate? How the do two? you separate them? Yeah, yeah. I'd be curious to know. They probably have some method on that. Uh, twin studies would be good for that. Yeah. Um, Brady Sutliff, CDC, control, divide, conquer. Saw that on a yard <laughs> sign in Backwoods, Backwoods, PA. That's great. Also, check out uh, our new acting health secretary, Allison Beam. Google that hot thought. Big step up from Biden's Richard Levine. Oh, yeah. Dead naming is cool. 1488. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, well, you know, for a health director. All right. By that standard, sure. And certainly compared to Dr. Rachel. 10 out of 10. But, you know, <laughs> that's compared to Dr. Rachel. Early life check on that one. Thunderstorm. Freedom comes from the Teutonic meaning free will. Hadle to my people, the gods, and luck. Thank you mm. for that. Viking Jesus. What's the difference between a chickpea and a black-eyed pea? Black-eyed peas can sing us a song. A chickpea can only hummus one. Because you make uh, hummus with them. Yeah. Are chickpeas <laughs> garbanzo beans? Didn't wasn't this explained by a prior joke? As much as I would love to find out the difference, <laughs> let's carry Lazarus on. Rex. Blonde vasectomies are usually reversible, though no lot, though not likely cheap. So if someone turns their life around and becomes a productive member of society, they can find redemption, both moral and medical. I don't know why this rubs me the wrong way ethically, but it does. I don't like it. Hmm. Even though generally I'm pro eugenics, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm not. Uh, Barry Dvorak says, Dylan, Montana, 1864, similar to the Battle of Athens. Maybe call in and we can talk about it. I haven't heard. That's uh, not far from here, so I'll have to check it out. Chief, Sl- Chief Sling and Beef <laughs> every time. The Battle of Athens was Tennessee, guys. I live near there. Also, congrats, Matt. I remember watching you guys the day mine was born 18 months ago. Congratulations. Uh it looks, uh, yeah, uh, congratulations as well. Yeah, citizens of Athens and Etowah, it- Tennessee. Yeah, so not Athens, Georgia. Thank you for the point of clarification. And uh, I guess our caller was fake news. You are fake Chris news. Chris Hines says the bird witch is the bald eagle. All right. Am I retarded? Do you get that? I, I don't know. It must have been a reference from earlier. I'm sorry, Chris. Tori D. <laughs> Our How brains exactly are spent. Is, I know. Is the largest scale airlift in history not proof of the Biden administration's complete failure? I'm looking at you, Jen Psaki. I didn't say they aren't failures. I just don't know if their primary impetus is incompetence. I don't know. How incompetent well, would no, you be so if it didn't matter? I think he's more taking a shot at the Biden administration for not saying for saying it wasn't a failure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He did say that, didn't he? In the yeah. Stephanopoulos interview. Yeah. Um, Holden Mulray. Hi, guys. Sorry, my NNT chat was not clear. I tried to define it and suggest it's a good question to ask when getting medical advice. What is the, what was the NNT? The number of That was the question treated? we had earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for this procedure test shot, answers may surprise. Ah, okay. Okay. We'll gotcha. have to look it up. It's something we can actually. Thank you, Holden. That, Sorry. Yeah. We're, we're pretty dumb. Steven Suarez. <laughs> irredeemable authoritarians need to be Nicole Kidman from 1995 to die for. 
except um, the evidence needs to be eaten by hungry pigs and also eat bones. That's a deep cut. I have not seen that. All right. That one's definitely over my head. Everybody should watch this Nicolas Cage movie called Pig. I'm pretty sure it's a masterpiece. It is so good. I can't stop thinking about it. I watched it last week. Um, Eric Burns Marsh. I agree. I long for the days when men were more manly, signed Jessica from BC. Me too. Barry Dvorak says, nice Mike Blonde. You know, OnlyFans is open again, right? If I could make money by just taking pictures of me sitting like this, I'd Definitely. <laughs> they reversed. And I don't know if he's making a comment about how your mic is looking. The phallic nature. Of yeah. Mic. We'll see. Right before we went live, your camera adjusted and it like took a, a wider angle. So now I look first, like I'm in a fishbowl. Look how and so now the look. mic is looking especially dick like. Uh, yeah. We'll think. I don't know. I don't know if you want to present this way on Sunday. It's up to you, but we'll have to evaluate. Okay. I'm not responsible for the dick like nature of this microphone. <laughs> Maybe the, the angle at which it's, it's just the and it's the camera adjustment has made it look very elongated. <laughs> it just did. Yeah. See, look, it's a fishbowl. Look how big my hands look. This is crazy. I'm not a tranny. <laughs> um, let's see. Who is next? Eric Burns Marsh. Oh, I just read that. Uh, it was Shaniqua. the mic one. Shanique was stunning and brave. Kids pepper sprayed rubber bullets and tear gas fired on our peaceful protest. Rescue dogs shot to stop people collecting them and teens handcuffed at sunset. Not Afghanistan. But Australia. I saw the whole news story. Absolutely Crazy. outrageous. John Crump News, 2A Education sent me. Thank you. And thank you, 2A. We love your show. We appreciate it. Thanks for coming over. Appreciate it. Rainier Chen. Hi, guys. Long time no chat. Same question for you, Blonde. Under what circumstances would you consider living under the based CCP rule? They installed a president already. Direct rule could be better. I don't know. I mean, at this point, because of the failure of our government, I'm willing to entertain some extreme alternatives. Also, I'm a woman, and so authoritarianism is uh, appealing to me. Well, now that the Chinese and the Taliban might be cooperating, it's like you really have to pick. Like Afghanistan, China, all of a sudden your relocation opportunities have really broadened. I know. Lately, I'm like, ooh, the the Taliban. And before that, (laughs) I was like, ooh, the the Chinese. Ooh. You know, uh, really quick. I know we're so late on time. One thing that I, I did want to mention, I had, I did watch Goodfellas already and I, <gasps> I, I didn't hate it. So, um, one thing I appreciated, and I want to write in the review is, is the part just, there was such interesting commentary on the nature of women when Karen, yeah. when he gives Karen the gun and she's like, I know I should have been alarmed when like my new boyfriend <laughs> gave me a gun to hide, but I just thought it was hot. <laughs> like, yeah. And it's just, I know my husband's been cheating on me for years, but, Ah, I still I just, love him. I just, I just, he just, he's just hot. Whatever I she would say. I was still attracted to him. <laughs> and it's just, I just think there was such interesting commentary. It doesn't mean that what he was doing to her was right, but it does mean that I think there's a certain trait, a certain trait inherent to women that they just kind of respond to leadership and and male strong, uh, just strong arming in that way. Yeah. Yep. And you need male moral male male leadership to keep that yeah. in check but yeah i just have thought you that seen was... the sopranos i think you'd like no it. i haven't watched okay. it um knuckle hunky buck i live in a blue state so moving to an entirely red planet would be awesome hashtag make mars great for the first time <laughs> thunderstorm thanks says blonde i believe you're referring to communal culture that is not communism or socialism it was our natural state outside the major cities till 1945 i said mm. that didn't I yeah. specify that that yeah. is not the actual nature of social? Well, it, maybe it's the nature of socialism, but socialism, communism, by definition, 
are ordained by the government. Hmm. Opting into communal living is not, but it still does have some socialistic traits, doesn't it? It's communal living. It's shared property. Yeah, and a lot of that stuff is is by um, voluntary choice, by consent right. too, which is a different arrangement. Um, Sershi says, remember 2019 when 50,000 people died of the opiate of opiate, opioid OD? Uh, was it different Big Pharma that sold all that Oxycontin? Yeah. Uh, everybody yeah. forgot about that. All right, we're good. I think we are all set. It, it has been fascinating to watch um, progressives suddenly become the biggest uh, fans of Big Pharma before our eyes in the last year or so. Yeah. Uh, can't get enough of it. All right, we are all set. Looks like uh, we're good on Tippy Stream and elsewhere. So thank you guys for hanging out with us tonight, uh, as always. Uh, very much appreciated. Oh, what the hell? My sounders are still broken, so I can't even do the cool Susan Wiki Wiki sound out. Wiki, we're just going to call the stream there. Thank you guys for hanging out with us. We'll be back on Sunday, of course, with whatever happens between now and then. Uh, until then, have a great rest of the week, and we'll see you Sunday night. Bye, guys.